Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the fifth anniversary. This is Austin Theory, and you're listening to WrestleCast Radio all day. Hey, hello to all my friends of WrestleCast Radio. This is Flip Gordon, and I'm very excited to introduce you to one of my favorite wrestling radio shows. Hey, what's up, guys, from WrestleCast Radio. This is Humberto Carrillo, WWE Superstar. You are listening to WrestleCast Radio. El Latino. Está en la casa, baby. Welcome to WrestleCast Radio. Hello there. This is the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay, coming from you live from the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And you are listening to WrestleCast Radio. What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, the 24-year-old piece of gold himself. And you are officially listening to WrestleCast Radio.
um, close. Actually, uh, this Valentine's Day will be uh, will be eight years. Oh wow! Because uh, Valentine's Day 2015, when uh, me and the 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 ex got back from we sent them all America because that was before, or when right before Sydney was born that year. Oh, that uh-huh. I think that's how Sydney happened. No, he was 2014. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but uh. <laughs> Uh, that was the Levine dunk contest with Aaron Gordon. Okay. And then I went home and I was like, I'm going to edit sound clips together and make a radio podcast or a radio show. <clears throat> and then it was a lot of sniffles and trash. But yeah, eight years and two months on the day. It's the 14th. Wow. Mazel this tough. is the 1200th episode created on Blog Talk Radio for our account. Wow. So let's go. So so let's say so it started with Sportscast Radio. Yep. Where you were doing it, and then I would just come over like on Monday nights, and then we would do it, and then I would drive a half hour back at like whatever time o'clock, and it was crazy. Um, then what did you guys do? Uh, the three man, the three man wrestling oh, podcast. because yeah, that was the first one that was the offspring of Sportscast, wasn't it? Because wrestling yeah. was just getting too big, and and you yeah. had like one on that small hiatus because you were moving. Yeah, because I moved here. So yeah, yeah I was at MIA for like I don't know months. Yeah, because you were getting your your shit settled, and we didn't have a way to do it properly. And that's right. Yeah. We, so. It was me, Kyle, Demetrius, and TJ. There was four of us. Oh, TJ was on there. Okay. That I didn't know. I thought yeah, it was Jordan for some reason. Then we did the, um, we did like the theme, so- the, the, the March Madness theme song brackets. We did yep. two years of those. It was called um, Podman of the Squared Circle. Podman of the Squared Circle. <laughs> wow. Podman of the Squared Circle. Where, so where's funny. that merch? Shit. Uh, no merch. Only merch at uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash WrestleCast. We got nine shirts for sale. I'm still going to get that 10th shirt up there, damn it. Maybe, maybe I'll, well, I was thinking about uh, making a new S1 Grand Prix as a, uh, the first show in January, I believe, will be January 6th, uh, will be the season four, episode one, Alex's year three ends, season three ends uh, in two weeks, uh, the 23rd, huh? Wrestle Kingdom, or Wrestle Winter Games, excuse me. But I was thinking about making a new one for the, the S1, but then I'd probably just take the old S1 down. So we still need another WrestleCast shirt. If anyone wants to make us a cool WrestleCast radio shirt, we will we will cop you a free shirt for the. Uh, I'll make sure you get you get taken care of. There we go. There we go. We'll, we'll get you some we got flag. Of, uh, the, the, the two classics, so I'm sure we can. Uh, yeah, we'll every size. Too, so we'll, we'll make it worth <laughs> You know, I want to say that us buying all those shirts with that sponsor, like the doing the uh, the shirts and Starcast, yep. was totally worth it for the simple fact of. We ended up making back the cost of the shirts, uh-huh. and there's still like fucking a hundred of them in there. <laughs> oh man, we could we still so many make money. Then we got the cost of them down to like eight bucks a shirt and sold them for twenty five or whatever. Yeah, I think twenty, fifteen, twenty. Yep. 
It might have been, it was at least twenty. But I remember yeah. we were like, okay, we have to sell this amount to, oh, to yeah, cover the cost. Yep, yeah. And then sure. Doing Warrior was... Wrestling too that same weekend of all in as we were on podcast roll. Wow, so squat the Podman of the Squared Circle. And then like, I don't know, um do wrestle we did WrestleCast before that, didn't we? We would call part of we would call the wrestling portion of SportsCast WrestleCast. Okay. I think is what it was. Wow. That's old then school, yeah. Demetrius stopped doing it and then TJ stopped and then that's when we started deciding to get into that. That's when I got the LLC and then we decided yep. to branch into all the shows like Kyle brought over Hip Hop Mondays. You guys started doing uh hip hop or the the pop culturists. Then we hip-hop adapted culturist. taking I like that. Hip hop culturist. That's hip hop gonna be our new spin off. <laughs> then we then we branded having WrestleCast as the as like the the flag yeah. or you know, like our thing because then we gave Jordan and Elijah sportscast for like they ran it for yep. like two years. And no, we let them handle that. that. Was not two years. That was not two years. Was it was it less? I, I thought it was like six months. Yeah, I probably was back out there with, with Jordan. <laughs> Which, um, uh, the first week of January, we're thinking uh-huh. first or second week of January, um, we did Tuesdays before, but we, we got to figure out an exact date. I told them no on Mondays because that's what I'm trying to square up with you, what we used to do. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, we're going to be bringing back, as the NFL playoff starts, uh, Luke's going to jump on and do sportscast with me again. And okay. we're going to get uh, four playoff team guests uh, on the first show. We already got two of them kind of lined up. So we're going to be back doing sports casts with full-on guests. It's going to be more of an NFL show because that's what he talks and he knows. And, we, you know, yeah. it drew great ratings. And I might even retire the sports cast name, and we might just come up with a new concept. I hate you um, for that. But then that way, if we ever want to resurrect sports cast, it's still oh, going to be ours. Gotcha. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, that, that is, I mean, it's your baby. But, like, I mean, when I watched sports, and it was great. I mean, that was, that was great. I just sucked at interviews. I mean, you and, and Kyle um, of, of Soda Sound fame there uh, and Unpopular Media are, again, even when I listen to, you know, quote, unquote, more uh, professional, you know, the, the stuff that's on the list, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, Ryan is great at questions. Like, you are like the hot ones guy, you know, uh, Sean, whatever, where, you know, you just dig deep and, and you just – you can read the guests, like, so well. Like, I, I'm good at holding conversations, but if I'm not in front of the person, I, I have no idea. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, I hate talking on the phone. I hate leaving messages. Like, I have to be in person in order for me to be – to make it more natural. You know, mm-hmm. so like you and Kyle, though, are, are just, you know, fantastic at that. And, you know, when we would do Pop Culturist, which, you know, of course, was on Strong Sound Media, um, you know, just when he would get the, the guests on, it was just, it was a blessing. And then, you know, bless your guys' hearts saying, come on, Alex, do it too. And I was like, oh, but the thing, oh, you know, and I would freeze <laughs> and say, I'm a hundred times. And it's got awful, you know, anything else I can bullshit with. But, yeah, that that's just the worst. So that's why when we do interviews, ladies and germs, I'm like, Ryan, take the reins. You, you are the man. So I'll praise you. And, you know, it's just great. I mean, that's why, you know, you had your own wrestling company. That's why you were, you know, the, the Paul Heyman, Bobby Heenan of the Midwest for, for many years. 
you know, and <laughs> that's why you're the technical legend. You know, you have the gift of the gab. I have the gift of the gab, but you are definitely, you know, on that, that next level. So it's definitely something, you know, we appreciate it and the listeners appreciate. Uh, it's just good shit. And, you know, we're we're hoping for more content. I don't know what we're doing with Pop Culturist. I know, you know, Kyle's, you know, going in a different life direction right now. Uh, a few, actually. And, you know, just everyone's busy now. You know, we're getting older. We're, you mm-hmm. know, doing more stuff. And, you know, shit happens. But I definitely, you know, want to see what we can do with an unpopular media, strong style media, you know, type of thing here. And uh, definitely for the uh, end of 2022 list with TV, movies, definitely get you on there since you've been watching a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I loved Amsterdam, by the way. Oh, it was great. Uh, David O. Russell and that fantastic ensemble, uh, Christian Bale, uh, John David Washington, who, God, close your eyes and you just hear his father. But then when you watch him act, it's totally different. And he's just such a talent. Um, and Margot Robbie and a of others. Uh, spoiler alert, if you're a Taylor Swift fan, you'll either love or hate her appearance. Uh, her acting was definitely robotic. But I'm, you know, a I'm a tweener of uh, a Swifty. I'm not going to lie. I dig some of her shit. Um, but, you know, even I was aghast. And I was like, wow, okay. Um, but Anya Taylor-Joy, she was a, a treat. Uh, her and Margot Robbie, it was just great chemistry with them, you know, kind of during that scene and Anya Taylor-Joy, you know, kind of being the antagonist, if you will, of that relationship. And uh, she had a great turn in uh, The Northman earlier this year, as well as The Menu, which she just got nominated for a Golden Globe. If that means anything anymore, I guess we'll see, you know, next month, Tuesday uh, on NBC. But um uh, Amsterdam was, was really good. I'm really baffled why it wasn't a hit. I'm baffled why critics were very divisive on it. I understand it, but with the whole occult symbolism and pop culture that I'm really getting digging into uh, the last couple of weeks, I, I loved every second of it. Uh, true story, the De Niro character, real, uh, mm-hmm. you know, in that film. Uh, so it was very good. Um, Remy was The good. movie, Remy though, I wanted to talk to you about and hear your thoughts on was nope. Jordan Peele's was, third feature film that came out this summer. I I I enjoyed it, but I I think it kind of left me wanting more. Okay. Good, but good. Like, it, it was cool. Like the concept was fine. Um, it all of a sudden it turns into like a villain from Final Fantasy twelve, just out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, that that looks like a. <laughs> The, sh- the form was very different. It looked like a curtain. Oh yeah, because uh, it was a predator, you know, man. And the whole, you know, I, the the not looking in its eyes, figuring out it was cool, like the horse. Uh, yeah. But at the end, I was kind of like, all right, well, that's it. All right, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of it. I mean, they they essentially they achieved their goal. Which is the goal of it seems like ninety percent of people log in as Earth now. It's like how do I make a fast buck? How do I get that, you know, fifty minutes of fame? What do we do? I mean that the whole movie, like going <laughs> in, seeing the previous Jordan Peele films, of course the classic instant classic Get Out, um, and the very like I'm still scratching my head on Us. Um, Which I haven't seen Us yet. <laughs> There, you, those movies you're always trying to figure out what's behind the plot. Like there's always something, and then with the trailers for Nope, 
you're you're trying to nitpick every frame of the trailer like oh what is this this is going to be about a breed of horse people like what is the horse in the bible you know there's so much and you know oddly enough the movie opens up with a bible verse you know that's very foretelling you know as the story progresses and i remember leaving nope opening night like saw the thursday preview and i was like i i really enjoyed it but I was like, I cannot wait to see it again because I, throughout the whole time, was like, okay, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? <laughs> then the last shot of the film, you're like, it was just a great throwback science fiction movie with, you know, a lot of tropes on today's society um, and just, you know, kind of the ideals of, you know, the pressures of, you know, maintaining a family business and not doing what you really want to do. And the sibling aspect was very like my sister and myself, uh, you know, in that in that way, who I actually saw the movie with, um, which, you know, was a really cool thing. But then I saw it a few weeks later on IMAX, and then that's when I was like, I could relax and I can enjoy the film what it was. And I liked it more, but then I watched it a few weeks ago when I was sick, just by myself, you know, Dolby Vision, all that good shit. I really enjoyed it a lot more because, again, you can still kind of nitpick some stuff because you kind of know what's happening. But, again, you can still kind of enjoy what Jordan Peele is trying to do. And I'm kind of irked that it didn't get any Golden Globe nominations. I honestly think it's easily a top ten film of the year, if not number three uh, in the top five. Um, There's a few movies I still got to go see. I still think Tar is probably the best film of 2022. Um Banshees of Minas Sharon Ryan, check that out on HBO Max, a fantastic Irish ditty uh, and folktale. Um, but, yeah, I, I really, really dug no quite a quite a bit. So I, I think I just, I liked the payoff so much with Get Out that I was expecting that. Yeah. And then when I didn't get it, I was like, damn, I wanted that. And, and that's and okay. And it wasn't, like I I said, I didn't hate it by any means. I I enjoyed it. You know, it would be, it would be, uh, like, in wrestling terms, I would have gave it, like, three and a quarter. Like, it was a a really good match. It was enjoyable. It Mm -hmm. just didn't hit my notebook, per se. Oh, totally, yeah. And I think if you ever do catch it again, like, say, in a year or whatever, and you're not overthinking like all right i'm gonna get a get out type of movie because everyone's yeah, looking for fair. that myself included like i said like each viewing after you just you're just more chill and lax and you're just like all right the movie was really chill or really good and then you watch it again you're like oh this is what he was doing it's not the you know not that big of a deal but it's still i mean horrific i'm not going to spoil anything but check it out on peacock uh if you don't want to purchase it digitally um what I, I mean that that sequence at Jupe's, you know, um, at the at his uh, horse amusement park per se. My God, I, I still will think about that and cringe. That was the most terrifying thing because <laughs> you know you hear you know different sounds as the movie you know begins and gradually goes until you kind of know what's going on. And then once you figure it out, and like I say, after every viewing after that, Ryan, it's chilling. It's really terrifying because you hear them a lot more 
than the first time. Here's the thing, maybe it's wind rustling or whistling or, you know, something along those lines. But once you realize what it is, it's one of the most scariest things you can see yeah. in a movie in a long, long time. People getting, like when they were actually showing the people going up in the tubes and stuff, I was like, yeah. that's that's terrifying if this was where I was. Yeah. Like, it and, looks like I'm going to be, uh, saw I'm going. Don't know how it's really, going to happen. I'm here. Yeah. I, and it's brilliant I did want to say foreshadow it in mm-hmm. the very beginning. Not the very beginning, but right after that crazy opener. You know, talk about, you know, a, a hot match to, to open the show, <laughs> if you will. Um, and that hardcore death match, apparently. But, um, you know, they, they he sucks you, <laughs> no pun intended, right in. <laughs> um, and you're thinking, what is this? What am I envisioning? And again, once you figure it out, fucking bone chilling, terrifying. Wonderful. I applaud you, Jordan Peele. I applaud you. I uh, excuse me. I do also. I uh, was going to say too with with Amsterdam. Don't don't forget about uh, Rebby Malik was really good, and uh, uh, Zoe Saldana was good, and Chris. Rock yeah, Zoe Saldana was, was fantastic in that film. I I, I really enjoyed her performance because Chris Rock. When he's screaming, I told you, <laughs> the white woman. He was woman. Chris Rock. Like, I loved it. Like, yeah, he was just, yeah he was exactly. Like doing his stand-up. No different. It was just him yelling about things. I was, I, yeah. I loved it. I like, I missed this care. guy. <laughs> and then Mike Myers was in it, you know? Yeah. Randomly. I mean, uh, yeah, Michael Shannon along with Mike Myers. I mean, as, you know, the kind of the agents. Yeah, Amsterdam mm-hmm. was really good. That That honestly might be on my top ten. I'm really baffled that a lot of people did not seek out that movie. But check it out, HBO Max, Amsterdam. Yeah, it dropped, uh, like, last week, I think. I, I The only reason I watched it, too, uh-huh. because it was, like, now available. And I was like, oh, they just dropped this. All right. I'm watching movies. I might as well keep going with it. Yeah. So proud of you, man. <laughs> Ray. You, you got, know what else is very proud? What's that? I got approval. Oh, I forgot to write Dragon Gate in our notes, too. Dragon Gate. Talk about Dragon. a Dragon Gate, Ryan. Uh, a lot of news uh, since the last show last week in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, new, ch- Literally, there was a, a whole show on Saturday afternoon where it was new champion after new champion after new champion, <laughs> which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, but a lot of rumors are rumbling. Uh, from you know, kind of figuring out where, where what what is it? Mercedes Monet or money <laughs> might be appearing next, aka uh, Sasha Banks, uh, Mandy Rose. After what a four hundred and like twelve or seventeen day, I think four thirteen or four nineteen or something like that. Yeah, as NXT Women's Champion has you know a you know what I heard a, a pretty good championship match last night on NXT with a new champion. Uh, what is it, Roxanne Perez, I want to say? Yeah, um, yep. The former Roxy of, of uh, ROH. Yes, yep, yep. Which yep. he was she getting trained. high praises before that company got shut down. Uh, and a lot of people were worried that she, you know, was going to get, quote-unquote, buried, you know, in, in the WWE system. But she's had a hell of a run since she's been there. Um, way over, can work in the ring, um, and she just has that character. You know, there's a lot of that character. You know, you have your Cora Jade, 
before she turned black, your your Julia Hart's before she turned black, um, and then of course uh, Sky Blue, where it's kind of you know that that homage to two thousands pop punk, you know, if you mm-hmm. will, uh, riding a skateboard to the ring. Which let's be real, that's only for uh, for yo, right? <laughs> Is he supposed to say gimmick? Not for yo, it's for this guy. Dragon Daya. That's right. That's so <laughs> bitch. But Mandy Rose. You know, you know who she can blame. After, huh? You know who she can blame for the title loss, right? What is that? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, someone's seen the video. <laughs> to Vince McMahon, allegedly. Uh, here's also another topic, and then we'll kind of pick one on what we want to kind of get your take on. Uh, Vince McMahon, apparently, uh, there were rumors and rumblings. Of him telling his inner circle that he's looking to head back to the WWE. And I kid you not, once I saw that headline in the morning, Ryan, I swear, in, later that afternoon, then I see Vince McMahon has a new potential uh, fresh, uh, you know, yeah, demand like four of from them the that came out. Wall Street Journal and shit. <laughs> All on the same day. I was like, what? It was like the day before the, uh, the Nine Lives of Vince McMahon aired on Vice. Which was essentially oh, gotta, Dark Side of the Ring clips. I got to watch that like a few minutes, but I was like, "Oh, they're just showing the Montreal." Once I saw Cornette and a bunch of like and Vince Russo, I was like, "They're just airing the Screwjob episode." Like, do you, this is going to be fresh. Do you think when Vince was like, "I'm coming back," Triple H was like, Ugh, "Call the witnesses," and he just like had like <laughs> two on deck. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to lie. Yes, I did. I was like, "Huh, I wonder if Hunter's behind this." Um. To Kota Ibushi, Bushi, uh, <laughs> apparently his contract with New Japan will be up uh, at the end of January. Uh, you know, of course, uh, apparently blood contra- or blood signatures on contracts uh, for life doesn't mean anything anymore since, again, him and New Japan look to cut ties. Uh, he's apparently, you know, going to be, you know, might be unleashing or, or shooting, if you will, and he has some interesting plans coming up um, as well. I have the full article that I originally got, Alex. And the only reason I say that, if you want, is because uh-huh. Meltzer, Meltzer reported it and gave Joe Lanza the credit for it. So, okay. like, it's fair game now. So, I mean, I have the actual verbatim article um, as to what Meltzer used. Yeah, because they, you know, uh, credit goes to the guys who are voices of wrestling. They... They got people all over Japan that I didn't believe at oh, first, yeah. and now I do. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> being able to get some of this information, I, we, me and Alex had talked about it, but we weren't going to discuss it until somebody actually put it out first, so we weren't those people, and Meltzer did. So I don't mind discussing it now with yeah. the actual thing. And a lot of it ties to, um, with New Japan, uh, two-part, or the whole article, I think, I want to save the top half of it because that involves somebody different. I think this goes into your Kota Abushi part that I yep. I do find interesting. And then there's another part in between two that really confused me when I watched the press conference, uh, the media scrum after final battle that okay. I went from going, this was this is probably my pay-per-view of the year as I thought it would be because these ROH shows never disappoint to being so frustrated once again 
at the lack of any type of intelligence that this wrestling media has. Like, Alex, I want to put in for credentials for Rebellion or whatever the fuck the... What's the next show? Um, Retribution? Revolution? Are we talking New Japan? No, uh, AEW. Uh, I believe so. Yes, Revolution. Revolution. Correct. I want to see it if we get if if they approve it, I will fly out there because we're going to San Francisco. Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. Like it, I don't know if you watch the media scrum, but he he brings and I'll, this kind of so let me I, I'm going to pause on this do the Konobushi part, then I want to do this um, while we have this up and because I want to talk good about Final Battle. And I, this yeah. will be a negative part. I don't want to have any negativity because this show was incredible. Like okay. everything on this show was good. Um, so this is this is straight from uh, from as we said from from the sources. Uh, Kota Ibushi's new Japan contract expires during quarter one of 2023. A source close to Ibushi tells us Ibushi has a big money offer on the table from Cyberfight that far exceeds what he is currently being paid by New Japan. Um, as reported in the space months ago, both sides agreed to stop the public sniping and quietly allow Abushi's contract to expire and then part ways. So they want to pay him more than New Japan's pay. So it's got to be a lot. And probably with Muda oh, gotcha. off the table, they have that money, I bet, now. Uh, Cyberfight wants Abushi badly, primary for Pro Wrestling Noah, but with the hope Abushi will work big DDT shows as well. Uh, Bushi had indicated recently that he isn't interested in working DDT moving forward, though, with limited dates being something that Cyberfight side is open to doing. Cyberfight is said to be less open to Abushi starting his own promotion under their Cyberfight umbrella, uh, as Abushi is still pitching his idea for a non-traditional promotion with bizarre-shaped <laughs> rings and wild storylines uh, that he has talked about in the past. And They're there's wild, major Ryan. concern... <laughs> wild storylines. And there is a major concern that Abushi will move forward with his tell-all bridge-burning video exposed of his treatment in New Japan, which he has insisted on doing as soon as his contract expires. Cyberfight oh, is trying to talk about this as, depending on the content, it could make him untouchable for any wrestling company. Which I agree. Like, if he does that, I don't want him near me. That's It's, yeah. it's no different than what happened... Was somebody else months ago? Like you, you got to just you don't want that on your network, regardless of, the, yep. of, of what reasoning. Um, Abushi ending up with AEW is on the table. We've been giving no indication though that AEW would balk over concerns that it could sour their relationship with New Japan, which is said to be as strong as ever. Uh, as noted here months ago, Abushi has been healthy enough to wrestle for many months. And any comments from him that say otherwise are a total work. Whether or not he's in ring shape though is unknown. So that's the Kota Ibushi news that you alluded to. Yeah. I Wild think... storylines and crazy rings. <laughs> I think if he went to Noah, that would be a huge shot of positivity. I think there's a lot he could do in that company. Yeah. I know you're not a fan I would love to see him work Kiyomiya. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, it would be his doppelganger, essentially. <laughs> um, I would love to see him in there with guys like Kano or, well, or yeah, that's, Go Shiozaki. Yeah, 
Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> like that would be. I mean, obviously Nakajima would be great. You know, that's probably my favorite yeah. wrestler in the world. But like him and Go Shiozaki would be really good. Do you think he would uh, put up with Ironhead shit? Do you think he'd be like Fujita? No. No. I'm not putting you over. And We're I not going to have a 30-minute stare down. I think he'd say, I'll give you a 30-minute stare down, but I'm not putting you over. Yeah. Go back to the bar, you old fuck, is what he'd probably say to him. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Tanahashi, <laughs> you old fucker. <laughs> I just, here's the thing. Is Does he have any say, friends in the locker room? Was Kenny and, and the Bucks, were they pretty much his only, like, click? Since he's been with New Japan, even when he that was I don't know. That I'm not positive. I mean, I'm sure he's good with, like, Takeshita and Endo because they were, you know, they had tagged and been together and stuff. But, like, that picture okay. I sent you this morning where it yep. was a picture of him in the young West, he goes, not that much money because I told you. I said this months ago. He's yes, got he with the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, nobody reported that. That came from my mouth. And yeah. he's tweeting about it. Like, you know, we we told you that we, WrestleCast. We told you that he he's missing royalties and he didn't like that shit. So that's the other reason I don't see him going to AEW. Um, as for the rest of it, you know, the reason too, aside from the the the, the obvious matches, but exactly with what you said with with him putting it with Ironhead Fujita's shit is he's that shot of adrenaline that goes in that locker room that I think would tell those old vets to sit down. I'm not putting you over. I'm the draw, not you. That would get mm-hmm. guys like Nakajima and Shiyazaki and Kano. And and my God, <laughs> Kaito freaking Kiyomiya. Yeah. Kiyomiya gets embarrassed by these guys and he just lets it happen because he's respectful He's a team mm-hmm. player, and he just wants the company to succeed. He's all about the company. Somebody coming in and standing up to that old guard would, might be the best thing for this company. Yeah, that could be that could be good. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm waiting for Cano on January 1st to take that strap away from <laughs> Kiyomiya. But, um, I, uh, yeah, I, no, the... I, mean, I mean, let's be real. That'll be a very, very good match. Um uh, I mean, it would be a whole new set of, of dream matches. I mean, like you said, him tangling with Congo alone, you know, the gauntlet, if you will. I mean, I could see him and Nakajima having battles like Ubushi and Naito were, you know, in 2018, 2019. You know, like, you know, like they'll kill each other in the ring. And, you know, he's older, but it would be enjoyable. Him and Masakita Mia would be a lot of fun. That would be fun, too. You know, and I'm excited for a lot of how this is going to go. I I made sure that I am off December 29th, that Thursday, because I I want to come on and even if I just do a quick 20 minutes or something, that's the big stardom show. And so I'm yeah. off, I'm watching that shit live. I I made sure I'm off on New Year's Day so I can watch that Kiyomiya Kano shit live. And then I took I got the following Wednesday off for for Wrestle Kingdom. So Kingdom. whether it's nice. it's myself and Alex or myself and a guest or just myself or Alex and himself, we will get, we were, we will have a live pre-show to Russell kingdom, Noah, the new year and the, the stardom queen queendom, uh, Tokyo queendom at the end of this month in two weeks. Like I, whether it's both of us, none of us, one of us, like these shows will be done. I, I know it might be difficult because I'll be out of, 
town. I'll be in a different state for New Year's. Oh, yeah. um, maybe I we can figure Sydney, something out. So. It'll be a big house, so maybe I can, you know, like I said, jump on for for a little bit. And the barring on the weather, because where I'm at now, it's icy and snowy. Uh, <laughs> if the weather's good, I might come out for Kingdom just for. Oh yeah, day. yeah. I um, I, New Year's Eve. I I, I have I, I'm getting Sydney on the thirtieth and bringing him back on on the first. So like he'll be in bed at like ten. I'll probably let him stay up to the ball drop, and then he'll go to bed, and then watch. Uh, then I'm gonna get up and watch Noah. So like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be, I'll, I'll be in town. I'm not going anywhere for it. I don't have anyone to see or go do anything with. So I'm not worried about it. So that'll be nice about that. I just, I'm, I'm excited. Continuing my stardom binge, and these last couple of weeks watching like seven, eight, nine wrestling shows has got my juices flowing again, which is. You know, as as we've been talking about getting these Mondays going that we've been doing, and I'm I think yeah. 2023, as this is the 1200th episode, like I said on our on our brand, is going to be we're going to be moving strong together. Um, whether it's talking about Kota Bushi to begin the year, or what's going on with that? Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be such a good beginning of the year. I mean, let's be real, we got Noah, we got Russell Kingdom. And we have the possibility, Ryan, of a yeah. New Dash dream of I just laid out a crazy scenario for you. Um, so do you want me to go through this quick article and then yeah, you break down your scenario? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I, I, I think everything you said to me is exciting. Um, but let's talk about uh, what I guess would be her debut at the Dome. Yeah. You call it. Uh, according to a New Japan source, initial negotiations between Sasha Banks and Bushi Road began many months ago, shortly after yep. Banks walked out on WWE. Stardom reached out to Banks almost immediately, with Rossi Ogawa telling talents at the time that Banks expressed mutual interest, noting that she actively followed the promotion and even noted specific talent she was interested in working with. Banks mm-hmm. also told Stardom she would not be taking wrestling bookings until 2023, which lines up with reports by multiple outlets at the time. However, Ogawa immediately lost interest when Banks presented an exorbitant asking price well beyond Stardom's budget. A few months later, Ogawa was given the green light to pursue the deal by Bushiroad President Takaki Kidani. Currently, there is what, what has been described to us as a limited appearance deal on the table with a per-appearance fee that would be significantly higher than what New Japan paid for Chris Jericho and would yeah. make Banks by far the highest-paid Bushiroad contracted wrestler. The impression we were given is Bushiroad does not feel they can afford to invest in Banks beyond a small number of limited dates. We were unable to confirm whether Banks has signed a deal at this time, but both Mike Johnson and Dave Meltzer reported that Banks will appear at the Tokyo Dome on January 4th. Uh, lastly, the idea would, have, would be to have Banks work a program around the IWGP women's title. As reported in the space months ago, Bushiroad is determined to not only solidify stardom as the undisputed number two promotion in Japan, but also increase stardom visibility worldwide, particularly in the West, where Bushiroad feels there's a hole in the market for high-quality all-women's wrestling. The IWGP women's title was conceived to help increase awareness and stardom. And the hope is that banks working a program around that title will draw interest from Western fans who will then continue following stardom after her deal is up regarding Trinity Fatu or Naomi and asking multiple sources. We were unable to confirm any interest though from Bushi Road's side. So nothing on her, but the big thing, Alex, Sasha Banks, she's coming out of the Tokyo Dome. Is she getting a hundred k just for sitting in the crowd? 
Well, she'll she'll come out. I I bet you she'll have her own entrance. Okay, you know, so, she's not gonna be she's not gonna be uh, Goldberg and we're uh, <laughs> in Texas. And... I don't think I think Kyrie will beat Tam Nakano, and then Sasha will come out to the ring. Well, I think it'd be cool if she was sitting ringside. That's Jumps just the rail. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, after the match, I don't think she interferes, but yeah, you know. But but if you don't see Sasha Banks and you see a different name, you know, on their on their screen, is that going to get like a you know that big of a pop? Because I mean, Sasha Banks is the brand. Obviously, she's trying to you know toying around with a few different names or going by you know, of course, their given name Mercedes. But um, I don't know. I think you do the people you, aren't stupid the sitting in the crowd thing. People aren't stupid. Like, it's like I, um, two people, I, I heard a couple people complaining on Twitter about they had two issues with AEW two weeks ago where they said, or no, it was Dave Meltzer. Dave Meltzer of all people, ladies and gentlemen. Dave Meltzer was like, you know, I wish AEW would have put together a nice little video package uh, showing or illustrating why Hangman Page doesn't like John Moxley. Why the hell do you have to put a video package together when the last time these two people wrestled, he was injured and put on the shelf because of it, and he made his return coming up to the ring to the guy who injured him, and then your your commentator is also telling exactly what happened. I don't mm-hmm. need a two-minute video package telling me that. I'm not stupid. Uh, somebody also had had a problem that didn't they they are like man I, I don't know who this Shane Taylor guy is I hope I can figure this out if you watched a forty five second promo he cut he told you who he was why yep. he was there why he doesn't like Keith Lee why they have history and how he's coming to beat his ass I don't need a video package for that I just don't you told me everything I want to know thank you for that so. I feel these New Japan fans admits rumors. If she comes out, regardless of what the name is, if they see her walking through that entrance, they're going to know who it is. Is she saying she does five appearances at, at this rumored, you know, over 100K? Is she going to be bringing that revenue on these, you know, two, 3,000 seat venues that they're going to be running, you know, once they start touring starting in 2023? I, Meaning stardom, think, of course, in New Japan. I think you have to look at. I, I mean, I would. I would hope so, Alex. I think. I think you're onto something. I would hope they would, but I think they're thinking the long term of if we can add five thousand more stardom, stardom viewers, at mm-hmm. ten bucks a pop, that's fifty k a month we just turned. Yeah. If she works six dates, a year of those five thousand people paid for her appearances. Mm-hmm. I to think keep that's that, your yeah, play. Yeah, keep those numbers up. Yeah, yeah. You know, look, look at, look. You know, we talk about this guy doesn't lose at anything he does. Do you remember what the big catalyst was that made Wrestle Kingdom Nine a success in America and drove uh, uh, subscriptions up because people didn't know what they were? Jeff but Jarrett. The, exactly. It's the same concept as Jarrett. Yeah. You know, the G, G, what was it, Game Force, 
G-Force Wrestling. What were they called? Oh, Global Force. Global Force. G-Force Wrestling. I don't know. That's like me trying to call Castle of the Gate or whatever. Castle Attack or whatever. Well, um, what's funny is Jeff Jarrett was on the screen at the gym tonight, and I was explaining to uh, the Swole Farmer uh, that he has taken interest in, in wrestling since, you know, we talk about that whenever we're at the gym. So I was put on AEW, and Jeff Jarrett came on. He's like, who's that guy? So I was explaining, you know, the nine lives of Jeff Jarrett, essentially, and how he's the only, <laughs> besides Hogan, was essentially, you know, only one to bamboozle Vince McMahon, like, on, what, three, four separate times. Um, you know, just, and I explained, you know, I was like, and then after he was there, he got fired from WCW, you know, on live television. Then he started a company that didn't work. And then he ran, you know, the company out and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, then he started something called Global Force. He's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And then he did this. And then now he was with the E and now he's with this company. And he looks in great <laughs> shape. And he just started laughing. And then it's funny that now <laughs> you bring up Jeff Jarrett from Wrestle Kingdom 9. That, and that guy, Jeff, I mean, it, if you break it down, and that I mean, was your he's got to be on like, too. on, like, tier two of, like, Mount Rushmore wrestlers, right? Just of <laughs> he what he's be. done in his career. You you could, even though it's it's not intentionally, but it, coincidentally, your first Wrestle Kingdom was Jeff Jarrett's Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't the reason why. No, I just I laugh because ironically, you can tie but Jeff Jarrett back to your People first. forget that. Mm-hmm. So was Scott DeMore. <laughs> yeah. Scott so like, DeMore, I forgot about that. hundred like, percent, it was you know, uh, Abushi and uh, it was Abushi and Nakamura and who did Styles work? Did he work Naito? Naito, yeah. Um. That more is what brought you to the dance, but at the end of the day, your first Wrestle Kingdom involved Jeff Jarrett. Like, it's just funny to think about that. Weren't they, like, the second match, too? It was early on. Yeah, it was. And it wasn't but, very... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull up that card. Wrestle Kingdom But well, what's nine. crazy is... So, like you were saying, so you're, you're thinking the appeal, the name... You know, kind of like Jericho aligning himself with all elite wrestling, you know, in 2019. You know, the name is going to bring some people in. It's going to catch some eyes. Now, we, you mentioned Naomi. There's no word on her. Did, does she make a little bit of difference? But also, with her style of wrestling, do you think she could adapt or, or at least be cohesive with the style of starting? I think she'd be fine there. I, I think she's a serviceable worker who got better. Part of the reason yeah. why she got oh, better yeah. is she truly tried. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was the get her. She married into the business. <laughs> um, my my buddy Doof, he thinks she's going to be the one to to end up showing up, getting turned on, and being the one to beat Jade Cargo. Oh, that would be cool. He, he thinks she's going to show up as a baddie since they fired Kira Hogan. And then turn yep. on her, and then she beats her, and then you got that baby face uh, opposed great. to Hater. So then you have you have the face and the heel with the two titles. That's what he yep. thinks. And and his 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 thought is he she'll show up once Sasha gets on TV because then she's yep. not the first one to do it. You know, so there's no weirdness there because she waited. Mm-hmm. My mind you, let me uh, two four. Let me give you the last seven matches of this Wrestle Kingdom. Holy shit. Jesus. All right. 
So never mind. I started the top. Was the Giant Rambo. Bernard on the card? He uh, was not. No, it was Yuji Nagata won the battle royal beating Yoshihashi last. Yeah. Red Dragon defeated Kozlov Romero, Shelly Kushida, and the Young Bucks in a four way. Oh wow! Uh, Tenzan Kojima and Honma defeated Bad Luck Folly, Jeff Jarrett, Yujiro. <laughs> that was the Jarrett match. Uh, Marafuji, the Mighty Don't Neil, and Toru Yano defeated Suzuki Goon, Davy Boy Smith Jr., Lance Archer, Shelton X Benjamin, and Takashi Azuka. Wow. Then in a singles match, it could only end by knockout submission or stoppage. Minoru Suzuki defeats Kazushi Sakuraba. So a Noah tie-in on this show, especially with uh, Marafuji and all that. Then we have yeah. for the never open weight title, Togi Makabe defeats Tomohiro Ishii for the title. Mm. Kenny that Omega defeats Ryusuke Taguchi for the junior title. Mm. Mayu Tag, which was Hiroki Goto and Katsuyori Shibata, defeat Gallows and Anderson for the tag titles. Jesus uh, Christ. AJ Styles defeats Katsuya Naito. I literally slept on this whole cut. <laughs> AJ Styles defeats Setsuya Naito. Shinsuke Nakamura retains against Kota Ibushi. And in 30 minutes and 57 seconds, Tanahashi retains against an Okada who cried his way to the back that he yep. could not beat the ace. Was that when he had the bleached eyebrows and looked terrifying? <laughs> Might have been. <laughs> By the way, the first man eliminated in the Rambo was none other than Captain Folk in New Japan. Book in New Japan. <laughs> he went out first. Liger went out second, and Desperado went out third. Jesus. Shout out to Despy. And then Great Kabuki was fourth via disqualification. <laughs> <laughs> what a fantastic card that was. God. Oh, yeah. I hope this one that we get this year feels like this, because it's, it's, it's feeling it's like good. it. Yeah. Um, that tag match. <laughs> so so anything else I, I think we got everything with Sasha uh, Just more I think now kind of like we said with the Regal MJF a few weeks ago Now I think we just got to play the waiting game with Sasha And see where this goes Yeah and by but, the way William Regal Officially done with all elite wrestling Yeah uh, since that didn't happen since the last show uh, And it was a You know kind of announced even though he Didn't say Completely it was true uh, he'll be starting back to WWE as like vice president of talent or something along those lines. Um, uh, starting, you know, in 2023 in January. And like Ryan stated the last show, you know, or in person or on the phone, um, he just won't be able to be on TV for like one year. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, especially with Triple H making all these moves, do you find it as surprising now that we've kind of heard numbers and stuff that Triple H wasn't real, wasn't willing to pay Sasha? I wonder how that relationship went sour. That's what confused. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what confuses me. Is now you? She's okay. I'm gonna theory. But again, is she a needle mover? The popular yeah, term of 2022 in wrestling. If you watch all the SmackDowns that her and Roman were on when Roman was doing the needle mover gimmick, yeah, the only segment that rating. drew with hers. Yep, she was the only yeah, one that was drawing. That's true. Very true. So 100%. Um, 
and and I, I you know the report came out that Triple H is unhappy with a lot of his recitings. Raw's Raw's the lowest ratings it's been in the history of that show. It did like a one point four the other day. Yeah, third lowest in the history or something yeah, like, like that. Or so all these people you brought back, I mean, I'm happy with with some of them. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm excited to see Dakota Kai back and Tegan Knox. Like, they they work for me. You're you're helping me watch it, but you're this you're not changing the show. No, it's still shitty. Like, I don't and I don't want to go into WWE rant. We can, you know, I want to say that because I do want to talk this last New Japan thing. But I was I couldn't wait to bring this up to you when we were so so for those of you who who've, who've been under a rock and haven't listened to us, me and Alex have had a, a very quiet, uh, under the table but not so under the table, um, polite mini disagreement, if you will, over a, a couple things with these companies. And I won't get into detail, but it's been good radio and I've enjoyed it, Alex. Actually, getting back and <laughs> forth banter like it's not us just shitting on something. We're having like many discussion arguments about stuff, which is yeah. much better for people to listen to. And I was, I'm, you know, I'm watching, I'm watching last Wednesday and I was like, nobody on that, that uh, uh, in Connecticut can touch what Ricky Starks and MJF did in the ring last Wednesday. Nobody. No one. That Ricky Starks promo was incredible. You're saying the Kevin Steen El Generico promo from the lead into Survivor Series. They're like, I don't need you in my life. I don't need your friendship. I don't need to be your tag team partner. I don't need to fight you. I so, mean, it was pretty much the same aspect, except they did it first. But I'm I will so say, glad though, you brought MJ- that up. But I will say MJF and Ricky Starks for this newer generation, because, I mean, I didn't see their ROH stuff. That's why I said their, their Ring of Honor names. Uh, you know, their, 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 uh, their Christian names. Oh, yeah, names yep, 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 yep. But I 110% agree. I mean, MJF, again, is unstoppable on the microphone, but Ricky Starks showed that he can kind of go. Holy when he came shit, up with the maxi pad comment, that was so <laughs> attitude era. It worked. The crowd was behind it, and he didn't step back. And Ricky like, Starks has been doing some low-key good promos. Eczema. I was like, damn, man, what the hell? <laughs> He's been doing some low-key good promos. And yeah. Then, yeah, so my God, Elf is on my TV. This is the greatest thing ever, and he's sitting at a desk. Um, he, wow. He sold the match tonight, even though I know there's no way in hell he's going to win. And now I'm like, yeah. I can't wait to see if he wins. And my, and then I caught my, the last you know, five minutes, and it was damn uh-huh. impressive. Yeah, the, 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 the person on this microphone is going, Ryan, don't don't set yourself up for failure. And the market is like, no, fuck you other Ryan. He sold this. They're going to, he's going to win the title. Like, I was like, let's go, baby. <laughs> but so I'm glad you brought up that. Cause I, I, I rewatched that. Cause I remembered that segment. I remember there was something that, that I liked about that, that segment with them. Cause it was simple. Owens mm-hmm. and Zane are smart, but there's yeah. something that bothered me. And when we talked about the pay-per-view, I couldn't for the life remember why it bothered me and why I, I hated it. And then I watched, so I rewatched it. And then I rewatched the, the Roman thing with, with, with Paul Heyman. I'm going, oh my God, how did I miss all this? So mm-hmm. when Kevin Owens is talking to Sammy Zayn, I don't know if you remember, if you noticed it or remember it, but go back and watch it if you did. You're gonna, maybe, maybe don't, because I want you to have good memories and not bad ones. 
the whole time he's looking at Sami Zayn because Zayn's, you know, he's about to go into the locker room. Yeah. The door very quietly opens as they're talking. And here's Jay Uso's head coming around the corner of the door. <laughs> and he's now staring at Kevin Owens, who blatantly can see him. If he can't see him, he has no peripheral vision below Sami Zayn's chest. Like, there's no physical. Yeah. And he doesn't even know he's there. And mind you, Alex. The problem on top of it is Jay Uso is doing what Apollo Cruz was doing in that Snapchat I sent you. <laughs> Jay Uso staring at Owens. Mm, oh, 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 and he doesn't even see. I was like, oh my god! I knew there was something that pissed me off about this. That's what it was. It's like a cartoon. <laughs> and then when he's like, "Wise man, call Sami Zayn." Yes, sir, Tribal Chief. Call in low Sammy key, that Zane. was some cool villainy 80s <laughs> shit, though. I really, I, I laugh. So, I, I really don't. So, and, and, and I will say, this is the best storyline this company's done in years. Like, I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really, really like it. Or you mean since the last Kevin Owens storyline and then the last no, Kevin I mean the whole I'm the whole bloodline thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever Definitely, since yeah. they, now, now when they were doing the no fans and Jay's getting choked out, Jimmy's in the ring, that's your blood, that's your blood. Like, and that Roman's just yelling at the whole match. Yeah, that that was not good. But no. ev- everything since Sammy's got there and they brought up Solo Sokoa and they're yep. trying to make each other laugh and they're having fun and we're getting people like Pete Dunn involved. Mm-hmm. This has been better. It's been a lot better and good. Mm-hmm. I I will I'm comfortable in saying it's been good. But then well, I, I I see one one person on Twitter said the the problem I had after the the Owens Zayn Jay Uso face promo uh, that I just said is why could I see um, Jay Uso really quick getting caught by Kevin Owens. And he paints a freeway on the wall and then hides. And Kevin Owens runs into the wall thinking he can keep running through the freeway like it's the Wiley Coyote. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, damn it, I didn't get him. <laughs> Which made me chuckle. <laughs> uh, but Wade Keller, Wade Keller, who's respected, you know, you know Keller, Pro Wrestling Torch. Yeah. Yep. He said, and I, 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 not quoting verbatim, but this is literally what he said, other, essentially. This angle is the greatest storyline in the history of the World Wrestling Entertainment or Federation. Wow. I'm like, when they do one thing right, everybody just grabs it like, I told you for decades they're better than everyone. It's like, no. They've done one good thing. Let's 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 hold them to a standard that they have to do this more than with one angle. Can they give us yep. two competent angles at once? And that's me being critical on them because they're supposed to be the best. So I, I expect the best. And mm-hmm. I think that's I – was, I was thinking about that too the other day. And I think that's I mean, it's a legit part. long-term storyline. I mean, it was just lightning with a bottle with Sammy. I mean, yeah, it was the best. everything I've been asking for. Give me continuity. Give me something that doesn't end. In, and that's the problem too is now that they're building it, they're just going to end it in two months. Yeah, that's going to be the issue. <laughs> so it's like, damn it! And keep it rolling. And I'll give, right? 
mean, yeah, why not? It's working. And, and if you don't have any plans on Roman losing the title until Mania 40 so he can break Hogan's record, why, you're no need to rush this. No. And, and this is where I agree with CM Punk the most, because CM Punk said this about the Roman thing. He said the problem that WWE always has is when they do something right like this, they always are five or ten years too late. Like, why didn't they have him do this when he started instead of digestively feeding him as a baby face and not getting him anywhere? Yeah. I mean, told you, he's, he's wise as well. Um, he is. But... I love you. I, you know I'm a giant. No, I, I, no, I, you know. I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, but, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree. It's just, it's, it's and, and, I look at and I look at WWE and I go, this is this is what I grew up on for most of my, you know, I was a WCW NWO guy, NWA guy obviously because of Flair and those kind of guys and I love the the Southern style wrestling, the way they told stories, but I always loved the WWE. And as somebody who can't stand watching this company, I just mm-hmm. beg that they could be better. If you're the if you're the trendsetter, be better. Make me want yeah. to enjoy watching you again because I want to. I was part of the initial group of people going, dude, it's so much better with Triple H Packer. Or I was the guy who watched NXT every week. Bro, did you see uh-huh. 2.0? Oh, shit. And finally, I just said, I can't, I can't pretend anymore. I can't, I can't do it anymore. It's just, ah, I want this place to be so much better. And I'm hoping next year they can start doing it because if they're better, everybody else is better. I agree. I mean, I don't know. It all kind of varies on. You know, I don't. I don't need this week. They're they're hyping uh, high stakes this week on on Raw, Alex. Did you know what they're doing for the first time ever on Raw Monday? Live poker. No, that was last or two weeks ago. Oh, live poker. (laughs) God, that's my point. Why are they doing live poker? No. For the for the first time ever, not did they even bring in Ron Simmons for that? I didn't. Even, I didn't no. watch the segment. No, he didn't come. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. No, it's going to be the Miz against Dexter Loomis. But the caveat is this: the Miz wants his Louis Vuitton bag full of money back that that he stole, but it's really Loomis's. And Loomis said he'll put it on the line. But Miz has to find another bag of money. So he has to ask his wife for a bigger allowance, he said. And then they're going to do a ladder match on Monday for a winner-take-all Louis Vuitton money bag. Sounds like the Vince McMahon is still running stuff, huh? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, not better. It's not different. It still sucks. Oh. <sighs> I just watch the pay-per-views, ladies and germs. They're yeah. a little bit more fluid and steady. <laughs> God. Jesus, this um, sounds horrible. They've wrestled like six times in like <laughs> two weeks. Um, last minute. <laughs> he said six times in two weeks. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> I was practicing that one. I'm not going to lie on the way to work yesterday. I was practicing that, that line of my car. This Monday, in a high stakes winner take all that. Like I was practicing it <laughs> to tell you on radio. I couldn't wait oh to drop God. that one. 
But uh, last think, bit of news. I think Bushy Road is looking to get some high stakes with the Sasha Banks affair. That's for sure. So continuing with Bushy Road, which is which is interesting here, is uh, we are told that the New Japan office was caught totally off guard by Cyberfight announcing Shinsuke Nakamura for Noah's Budokan Hall Show Jan One. Yeah, this, yeah. This came on the heels of Bushy Road being disappointed and not securing the KG Muto retirement show, which they fear has a real chance to outdraw their own Wrestle Kingdom show at the Tokyo Dome this year. Whereas Bushi Road see and treat New Japan and Stardom as separate entities, they consider the collective groups associated with Cyberfight as one singular promotion with the corporate mandate to keep both New Japan and Stardom ahead of Cyberfight as the number one and two promotions in Japan. As reported in this space months ago, Bushi Road executives feel the New Japan Pro Wrestling Young Lions system moves too slow and have pushed New Japan chairman Naoki, uh, Naoki Sugabayashi and CEO Takami Obari to speed up the process so New Japan more closely resembles stardom, which we've been preaching, stardom and Dragon Gate, in terms of pushing young stars. You 100% correct, we need to do that. Oh, uh, We've seen this process begin to play out with talent like Kevin Knight, who graduated suddenly mid-tour from Young Lion status into a replica of Kushida on this. Uh, <laughs> I was kind of skimming some of the, the Super Junior, and he's a Young Lion like the first two nights. And then like the next night, he's wearing the same jacket and sunglasses as Kushida. I was like, oh, shit. Well, he's not a Young Lion anymore. That was quick. Um, the returns and early stage pushes of both Shota Umino and uh, Alex's boy Ren Narita shortly after the mandate was laid down, and other young lines being moved more quickly between excursion stops. There are directives from the top with key veteran figures in the company still at odds with the strategy, but at this point powerless to combat it. As we also noted here months ago, the New Japan TV title, with the directive to be focused around the young talent, like the IWGP women's title, was an upper office directive and not a decision made by the on-ground booking team. Uh, lastly, we've been told that there was a directive this past summer to create more separation between the domestic New Japan product and the international product strong, with less crossover going forward, including the New Japan Extra Show discontinuing coverage of the U.S.-based shows, which may have something to do with Tony Kong stro- Tony Khan strongly hinting that New Japan content will appear on the ROH Honor Club streaming service. This also coincides with the directive to improve production quality on strong TV Asashi, Asahi, which owns New Japan World, does not fund the production of Strong or the U.S. pay-per-views, so it has no vested interest in its international New Japan shows beyond additional content for New Japan World. This all hints sort of possibility that Khan struck a deal for Honor Club to be the exclusive home for Strong and or all New Japan's U.S. content, which should become clear early January when Khan announces the details of the ROH TV show set to stream on the service. Yes, Bushi is so New Japan or Bushi Road. So, like, would they have the stardom stuff when they venture out west? Yeah, so TV Asahi, they're the ones who bring all the production cameras and shit to the New Japan shows. Okay. So they don't do that for any of the U.S. So they stuff. outsource that shit when they're out here in the States then, when they record? That's what, it, that's what I'm gathering by this, which makes it okay. – makes it, Understandable why sometimes the quality is so different at times. Yep. So okay. Well, this makes me think that so they, they have totally utilize his resources to build that relationship a little bit stronger. Yep. He'll make sure that they 
you he'll he'll probably you know Shibata and them will book the New Japan stuff and then he'll produce it is okay. what I'm assuming is going to happen. So then it'll time. get the same quality. Yeah. Jesus, which, he's wearing himself thin. Which ties me to my issue that I had with that press conference is when he announced that no TV deal was set in his relationship yep. with, with Time Warner Media and whatever the hell the other – it's Time Warner Media and Na- National Geographic or whatever, whatever the hell it is. How his, yeah. his relationship with them is so valuable and you know nothing could be figured out yet, so we're going on there. Why didn't anybody follow up and ask, well, was there negotiations with any other networks and he didn't want to sour it? Like, why yeah. did, when he said it's going to Honor Club, you know, WrestleJoy, whatever the hell the girl is from WrestleJoy, she's like, how did you feel about ROH as a whole? Like, why did everyone just let this go? In Because why? they want to be invited. Oh, you're right. And they want to hear the very good so question. Right. You're so right, and it drives me nuts. Except for the guy who asked Punk, or who was questioned by Punk at uh, at the All Out Scrum. Yeah, at least he stood up for a while. Because he's usually good. Yeah, Nick Nick Hauserman or whatever. Hausman, yeah. Yeah, and kudos to him for actually standing up for himself. Yeah. Most of those guys would have crumbled. So, yeah, you're right. I I give him credit. But my, my other problem was, so they bring up the first guest was Athena. She's got the title. Yep. They bring up <clears throat> Wheeler Yuta. Wait, new exactly. champion? Are you saying there's a new champion? Yes, yes. I, I'm One of them. And a fantastic match, by the way. Um, yep, new champion brings up Wheeler Yuta. New champion uh, brings up Claudio Castagnoli, which we'll get to. Oh, yeah. How come nobody was like, hey, how come you didn't bring up the Briscoes? Oh, they didn't show the Briscoes. No, nope. had them here. No, nope. no Briscoes on the on the show. It's not a Warner Brothers thing. Oh, I, I guess Bleacher Report is though, but they still had them on their TV. I don't know. That's weird. I know that huh. exactly. So, like, why didn't anyone ask that kind of a question? Maybe they get back I, to I the want, I, I want to go, man. I want to go and just risk it. And if I get shot down and never sent it again. At least I could say I tried. Yeah. Because, man, like. I'll make sure to wear my University of Illinois hat. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there was was no follow-up on a lot of the stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Samoa Joe comes out, and and he's like, I want to now be known as Prince TV Joe or, or the the King Joe, or I can't, some stupid name. And then mm-hmm. all the all the people at the, at the press conference, they all, when it was their turn to ask questions, they're like, ah, TV King Joe, question for you. Like, oh my God, are you really, you don't work for this company. Like, you don't have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> they fell, for, not fall for it, but they fell for it. That's ridiculous. And you could tell Joe had no interest in doing it because nobody was asking him a real question. They couldn't do anything say, with the interview. Like, like, like you would ask him a hard-ass question, like, hey, you know, you're one of the four fathers of Ring of Honor. How does it feel to, you know, hold not only their, you know, TV title, 
but also your other company, like, you know, your dual TV champs, hence the nickname. Like, you would ask them, like, how, what's the reiteration? How do you, how can you see Ring of Honor return, you know, to its glory days? You know, do you see it heading into that direction, or where do you see this iteration of Ring of Honor? Like, you would ask them some hard shit like that. Not like, oh, Juice Robinson, that was, I mean, that was a fantastic, like you said, this show, I mean, watch that match. Like, I was afraid when it was, you know, right before the main event and follow it. And I think it was a great come down match after that mm-hmm. eight-star, you know, Tokyo Dome, Crystal's FTR match uh, with blood everywhere. <laughs> Drop kick out even gigging. Mike Owens is like all gig. He walked to the ring. One of the Briscoes walked to the ring and then just started bleeding right away. Anyways, um, <laughs> so, like, yeah, you would ask some hard-hitting shit like that instead of, I don't even know what they, like, I don't see them asking Samoa Joe something relevant. No, it just was, like, what, what it was like, you know, now that you've done this, what is your thoughts uh, that you may have to see Wardlow in the future? I was like, oh, that's what look- you're going to ask? They're asking him kayfabe questions. <laughs> like, You're like, hey, bro, you... when's the last time you talked to John Cena? That <laughs> Like, hey, Cena, happy? You're, you're a two-time champ in two different companies. Like, I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you what, what exactly what uh when we you're were talking at... around bass. <laughs> it's not what uh when we went to. Um, the armory for a uh, for the Jamal James uh, not this title fight but one of the Jamal James fights Um, and they brought out Caleb Truax who was who had just um, he had just won he had had won or lost or something Uh, he he won he won the uh, the super middle IBF super middleweight it was from James DeGale. And um, then he was going to have a mandatory rematch back against DeGale. And they brought uh, Truax up during the press conference before it was like the day before the fights to just, yeah. you know, Hey, it's Caleb Truax. And, you know, a couple people were asking some questions and shit. And we're sitting there and nobody's asking questions and everyone's kind of sitting there. And after like the initial ones. And I was like, you know, I raised my hand. I was like, hi, you know, I'm Ryan Cook from, uh, called Strong Style Media. Just got a question. You know, you went in against James DeGale as the underdog, got a majority decision win. Now you have to go back and here's a mandatory rematch and he's going to be hungrier and he's a tough fighter. What do you think that you have to do differently to avoid going back to the judges where they, where they very well might not give you the same type of love on the scorecard? And everyone just kind of looked at me. I was like, <laughs> what? I asked a fucking real question. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't want to be asking tough dance? questions... He he was just, oh, you know, it's a great question. You know, we won in his hometown of London. We're going to continue to train and do what we do best, and we're going to make sure that, uh, you know, we tighten up defense, you know, yada, 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 whatever. And I was like, hey, thanks yeah. for answering the question. He's like, yeah, thanks for actually asking the question. You know, like, but if people don't want to be <laughs> dealt with a real question, then don't do these things. You know? And that's why people like shows like Hot Ones, because it's not just your typical generic <laughs> questions that they hear you know, a hundred times, you know, a day during these press rounds, something mm-hmm. totally different. And, you know, where you're like, Oh, you did your research or, Oh, how did you know this or find this out? And yeah, that's why, again, 
You're you're one of the goats of independent podcasts. <laughs> just like, come on, man. So that was that was the thing. I the negativity I wanted to get out before we do talk final battle because it's just I don't want that to be a part of it. Like like I was I listened to like three shows that did like reactions, and two of them did their reactions after the media call, and like one of them was thoroughly upset. Uh, literally like the same way I am where it's like, what's the point of doing this if you just want layups? And then when you don't get the layups, you're mad about it. Like when yeah. Ariel, Ariel Hawani, you know, he gave, he gave Triple H all these layups and then he just grilled Tony Khan. It's like, you can't do that. Yeah. If, if you're going to do this, do it right. Like, you know, don't, you're supposed like, I wish I had your, your clout. I wish yeah. I could be living off of doing this. Ah. You, and, you and me both, sister. <laughs> um, so we got just a little bit of time here left. We we did a, a lot of the news was our big thing we wanted to talk about. Um, look, I'm just going to say this, Alex. We saw uh, Bishaman, Hiroki Goto, Yoshihashi, they won the World Tag League. And then Leo Rush and Yo won the Super Junior Tag League. I don't think there's anything really to discuss about those shows. Carl Anderson retained against Hikuleo and then hit a cutter on Tamatanga and told him, I'll see you at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. That, to me, is everything worth talking about. We're going we're gonna to do a Wrestle Kingdom preview, whether it's on here or we do one, you know, Tuesday night, in, you know, if you're, if you're in the area. Or even if you don't can't drive up because of bad weather we could still do yeah. a show that night you know even if you're oh yeah home. no we'll definitely do one yeah tuesday evening for sure so i say we leave the wrestle kingdom talk for then because you know that yeah. gives us more time to do that um so I look at the, the open like why why do you think they took the l because i guess you know maybe ftr don't get cheered so that way you have a face team. They can't cheer anyways. <laughs> facts. Big facts. You're so smart. <laughs> I, I mean, my feeling is, is they know to, to root against Aussie Open, but they might not know how to root for FTR. Yeah. Got it. So, I mean... I, I just think that's – but, but it's Taguchi. You know, he's coming up on, you know, what, year 25, so I get it. Oh, Give Goto? Him oh, it's Goto? I thought – oh, yeah, yeah, Taguchi's in the um, juniors. Uh, but, yeah, Goto and um, uh, Yoshihashi. Hey, Hashi, I mean, I'm a fan since 2020, since, you know, yep. he's kind of showing, showing what he could do a little bit more, you know, kind of escaping that shadow of uh, Kuzuchika Okada, you know, of course, the leader of chaos there. So, uh, yes, Goto. Um, you know, he's, he's in that go-to shape again, you know, a little bit, you know, reawakened, but, um, the last couple of years along with Hashi and, you know, it's a perfect, you know, kind of, uh, eighties buddy comp, you know, cop comedy, you know, <laughs> yeah. where, you know, it's like two different wrestlers, you know, like go to <laughs> the one who like, just watches out for him, even though, you know, Hashi is just, you know, irritating him, you know, day in and day out. So, um, I love the odd couple pairing of, of it all. And, you know, it'll be interesting, but um, Dax Harwood and, and Hiroki Goto, man, that that's going to be some fun shit. I'm not going to lie. It'll, it'll definitely be good. <clears throat> I just, you know, whatever. It is what it is. I guess it's kind of how I got to look at it, but, I'm, you know, 
I'm fine, but um, final battle. I you know we we kind of briefly talked about uh, that opening tag match. I loved how it went wrong because I loved how Jalisco <laughs> and Rush are like, all right, we got to get our heat back, and then they yeah. just start beating the piss out of the Fox and Blake Christian. And it was so stiff and so real. <laughs> Loved every minute of it. Um, did uh, so? I know. Did you get to watch any more than what we had talked about? Um, I watched from Lee on. I tried to go back to watch the first two, um, but um, the the resources that we were having were playing a lot more advertisements than normal. So mm. it would, like cut it up, do this and that, and I would try different. Uh, variations uh, of Final Battle um, where, yeah, I just watched, like I said, just Leon and uh, <laughs> before I threw my phone or my remote when I tried watching it on the, the good old Xbox there, um, I realized uh, I had to go for a walk. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Theta defeats Mercedes Martinez. I went notebook. I went four star. Cage matches at about a three and a quarter. Uh, okay. I thought it was, I thought it was really good, hard hitting. I love this new Athena. She can talk again. She's stiff. Mm-hmm. She's violent, and I love how she pointed out like people were like, "God, you guys, are, you know, a little stiff there." You know, Athena and Jody Threat, and Athena and Mercedes Martinez, and just what Athena's been doing on Dark. You know, a little stiff there for you. And she brought yep. that up at the press conference, and I'm glad she did. She goes, "If a, if a, if." You know, if a guy would have been acting this stiff on all these shows, you would have praised it because I'm I'm some woman. You're you're just you're nervous that I'm going to hurt somebody. She 100. goes, "This is pro wrestling. This is a physical sport. I'm going to beat up anybody who I have to to keep winning." I was like, "Hell yeah, preach!" Well done. Because her and Mercedes Martinez beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. You know, somebody go tell Siori and Utami Hayashi Shida to not stiff each other in a match. Damn, they're going to stiff whoever said that. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. um, so, Great I mean, match. Athena, like, you, like you said, a little bit more open, uh, a little bit more limited. You know, of course, since that, that horrific injury from a few years ago, you know, uh, the sense of that never heals. But, you know, definitely had to change her style. And, and this brawling aspect is a lot better. Comes off, you know, and I... 100% she's right with that with that quote because um, when I saw it I was like you know I, I saw it probably like days after everyone was freaking out on the on the interwebs here and you know I was like alright well it's different you know I'm, I'm hit or miss on Athena um, when she's great she's great but man when she's off it kind of slips in and out throughout the match and you can kind of see because she's in her head um, this match I would have liked to have seen with a veteran like Martinez. Um, and like you said, just a brawling, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm assuming a slugfest, you know, yeah. through through different portions of this bout here. So, um, yeah, I mean, kind of exciting to, to kind of see her, you know, she's had her fandom, you know, even before, you know, her NXT run. Uh, we won't, you know, we'll omit her WWE main roster run, but, um, yeah, when she when she's on, she's she's great. But let's see what she can do. You know, maybe she can carry you know kind of this title, uh, and and maybe people are willing to pay nine ninety nine a month to kind of see what she can do. You know, and if they're going to give us New Japan Strong on top of 
Honor Club. I, you know, I probably like or on top. I'm of paying nine ninety nine for that now with other stuff. Mm-hmm. Do we That's get probably. Sinclair Ring of Honor stuff? No. So nothing all, good on this. All that stuff all is. I think. Uh, well, and, and especially the other stuff is all Rob Feinstein, I believe. I don't know what that means. RF Video. He's the one who was like getting with kids. Oh, he owns the rights. Okay, God, I thought you were talking about Honor Club. So, um, so I'll never see that CM Punk stuff that I missed. No, you, you just I got some of them stuff on DVDs. Like I'll um, never see Joe and Punk the trilogy. God, those matches were so. When, when he. You know, everyone had always talked about it, and in that second, I think it's the second match, there's like 30 seconds left, nobody's winning, so Punk goes, fuck it, and he does the Pepsi plunge, a top rope pedigree, and I was like, oh my lord, and I believe that was the Chicago show, where you can see Klecker and a couple of the guys standing on chairs in the background, losing their mind. They were there? Yeah, they saw Joe Punk too. Why didn't you go? I don't remember. There was that was what they were doing, like the NIW, and I was in NIW, so we kind of didn't talk as much. That okay. makes sense. And they, were they, um, like like it was the Attitude Era in the Minnesota Minnesota Independence thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were like they, I drove a tank up to their place. and so like, hello. Um, With a uh, Jeep tank from Toys R Us. <laughs> But they had a at one point too. There was a show in Chicago they went to, and and everyone was standing on the chairs, and people couldn't see. And um, all of a sudden, this guy like nudges Brian and gives him his chair, and he's like, "No, mm-hmm. I can't. You know, I'm not taking your chair." He goes, "No, no, no stand on stand on chair." He goes, "I can see." And he looks over, and it's ROH World Champion Takeshi Morishima giving him his chair because he was just sitting in the crowd watching the rest of the show. So wow. Brian, Brian can always say he got to stand on a chair against the back wall at the at the um, Frontier Field House uh, as it was given to him by one Takashi Morris. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Only just fun. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got to see this too. You know, we kind of, like I said, we could just real quick run through these rather than having to give full-on discussion on results. But uh, uh, Swerve in Our Glory, Strickland walked out, but they defeat Shea Taylor Promotions. Awesome. As I said, awesome. I didn't need a better build. Shane Taylor told me why he was going for Keith Lee. And Shane Taylor looks great. Yep. I love Shane Taylor promotions. Shady Griffey. He got a bigger superior, but that man can move in the ring. <laughs> That's why I loved him and Keith Lee as a team in ROH. Yeah. Because these, there's these, these two giant men doing things they should not be doing. <laughs> Just yeah, kudos to uh, kudos to uh, to Shane Taylor, JD but Griffey. JD Griffey, man, uh, he impressed me. Um, you yep. know, I, I wouldn't say green, but you know, I, I think with you know some more training and, and kind of messing around, you know, kind of in the ring, he definitely has an it factor. I'm not gonna lie, Ryan, I don't know if it was the gimmicks um, that he had on or the MMA of it all, you know, that he was kind of you know showcasing. I was really kind of getting some uh, Kazushi uh, Sakuraba type of vibes there. Oh, yeah. Not on that level, 
but I'm like, okay, they could, you know, if he studies him or just kind of goes along with that where he's just going to mess around and out-wrestle you or out-ground pound you or just do something. I, I don't know. I, I just kind of got those vibes from him. Uh, again, not green, not the best, but but definitely someone, you know, that, that could definitely be built. Well, and that was the one thing, too. He, used to, he wrestled as uh, – he used to wrestle as Jerome Daniels uh, for a lot of stuff before he became, you know, the, the quote-unquote J.D. Griffey. Um, but he's a guy who, you know, he, he debuted in 2009, but he's only had okay. 350 matches. He's a, he's a guy who just wrestled in Texas, and that's how he got to know Shane Taylor. Okay. You know, just being a local Texas guy. And, and you know, I, I believe he, this was one of his only, I'm pretty sure, I'm just trying to, to be safe. Yeah, he, he was in a, uh, he was in an X Division semi scramble um, at a pro wrestling revolver show in Iowa, but oh. you know this was his first technical, I believe. I mean, he, he tagged with Shane Taylor in uh, in, Tux- in uh, Tuxoma Pro, uh, a couple things there. Ethan Page, he worked on AEW Dark, mm-hmm. but he's he's never like been a big name guy. He's just been a Texas guy. And, you know, Shane Taylor brought him in because he needed somebody. Um, Because Khan, Jasper Khan, who we saw in the next match Mm -hmm. as part of the embassy, he was one of the main guys in the Shane Taylor promotions. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, Khan, also a uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota guy. Oh, respect. Which is cool. Um, but that was just one of those things where it, it was it was cool seeing them just give somebody else a a, a shot, you know. And and they were uh, Con and Moses were were SOS for a while too. So like, I'm glad they started doing different things because they they left Shane Taylor Promotions did their own little thing. So a lot of these guys were all kind of tied together, and they all mm-hmm. go back to Shane Taylor Promotions in both of these matches. So I thought that was really cool that that Khan brought them together and figured out ways to use them too. So uh, I always thought Khan was good. Um, that was in that um, match. Embassy beat Dalton Castle, the boys. Yeah. Dalton Castle, I think works really hard. I think he's popular, but you can just tell that this dude's just shot. Like, I mean, he, he's like, if I feel like tape is holding him together. If that makes sense. No, huh? Yeah, he's, I mean, although, when he was doing those those Germans and those bridges, I was like, "Good God, bless your heart, man." <laughs> he's so oh, and when he's sitting there and he's like, he's like wants to attack. I think it was totally old on the floor, and he's looking for something mm-hmm. to try to use as a weapon. And he just give me what, give me a boy. And also, one of the boys <laughs> runs over and he just grabs him and just starts throwing him. <laughs> you know, and I'm, oh. I'm glad the Tate twins, uh, you know, are back as the boys like they were too. So yep. that was a fun little match. I, you know, once again, it it was it's ironic. Like you spoke it into existence maybe two months ago. We're like, where the fuck is Brian Cage? Nobody, they don't do shit with him. And now he's been on like every TV, and now he's a champion. Like they heard you, and now they answered. <laughs> they go, you want yeah. Brian Cage? Here's Brian Cage, which is cool. You know, they I, and I I love Nana. He's he's great. Right I'm still, I, I've heard good things, but I'm, I'm still, still on the fence on them. But that's, that's yeah, fair. I that's mean, 
I, I will say the embassy did look a little bit better than I gave them credit for. Uh, you know, on, on previous viewings of of them on my my television, but um, yeah, this was this was a really good match. Um, interesting to go, you know, tag after tag, but you know, hey, it worked, and you know, definitely set up for the uh, for the next match here. ROH Pure Championship, Daniel Garcia defending the title against Wheeler Yuta, uh, former champ, right? Isn't yeah. didn't Garcia beat Yuta? Garcia beat him. Yep. This was their this was the rematch that they the were waiting trilogy? for. The trilogy, the Rock Austin of AEW, if you will. Uh, fantastic match, great. fantastically Ooh. awesome. Christopher Daniels, B.J. Whitmer, Jerry Lynn, of course, the judges. Um, if there was a draw in the peer championship rules, there, um, really fun match. Uh, definitely Wheeler Utah. Showcase a little bit more tenacity, especially as he's elbowing Garcia into Slumberland there. And no, I will not watch that Jason Momoa ne- uh, film on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> uh, but um, no, I, I thought this was really good. Um, the pile driver, really good. It gave to Daniel Garcia. Uh, that's when <laughs> the devil definitely got wrong. But yeah, this was a, a great match. Uh, you know, to kind of, again, kind of a come down after, you know, tag after tag here. What did you think? Yeah, this was this was awesome. I loved that Yuta had to utilize his rope breaks early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when he did get locked in that scorpion, he had to pull himself out of the ring. And I love that, once again, Daniel Garcia always stays so credible because you don't have to make every heel a chicken shit. Mm-hmm. He's the epitome of that. He's a badass. He's going to have him be confident and cocky where, you know, which one's going to, you know, outweigh the other in a certain situation. And, you mm-hmm. know, he was a little bit cocky, uh, you know, as they were doing introductions, you know, and everything kind of early on in the match as well. So it, it's, it's, it's just like, just like when you're, you know, and I, and I hate, I hate always comparing the, the, the two main American promotions, but that's the one thing I, I do appreciate with this is, not every heel has to be a coward. Like, mm-hmm. even as simple as it is, look at the difference in how Jericho's booked. Yeah, a little bit more, you know, not a comedic demeanor, if you will. Yeah, like we were kind he's of gonna go, for a while. He, he wants to take you. Know, he, he's going to go give a Judas effect to an announcer. Now, he still has his cronies. Like, yes, of course he does. But he's not like running away and throwing them. He's going to fight people. And it just, I feel like it makes your baby face. Like Wheeler, you would have gained so much by beating a guy who was truly trying to beat him. It just made Wheeler, you look so much better. So I think that's why I liked it so much because it's like, damn, the best man won this match. No, I. Yeah, I really like their their series about. I think Yuta has definitely um, gained more confidence, especially you know, kind of after that promo exchange with MJF, where you know it was kind of not roasted but critiqued online. Um, you know, I definitely give them an A for effort, but you know, some mm. of it was a little. Hey, you got to jump in that fire in order to, yeah. to kind of learn and progress, and I think he has. You know, yeah, it's, it's still a little weird, but, you know, it, it is what it is. He's, he'll gradually, you know, kind of grow into it. We know Garcia's already there. I think, yes, this is a good rivalry in the uh, annals of All Elite Wrestling. Is it rock awesome? Like, a lot of people are kind of, I hope, joking, you know, with yeah, names online. Yeah, 
Um, but, but it, I mean, it, it definitely can be good, you know, revisit it, you know, a year, a couple of years down the line again, you know, have them grow outside of this feud and see where, where it gets them. And, you know, I'm excited to kind of see where, where both these men land, uh, you know, in 2023. And I'm glad you brought that up. Cause that's the other thing too, that, that I, that I enjoy so much is like, if you, you know, aside from Owens and Zane, you know, if somebody was feuding with somebody in, in the other, in, you know, WWE, and then like three years later, they, they're mad at each other and start feuding, you know, they go, oh, he did this and that and this and that, you know, and that's why I'm trying to beat him. In AEW, every single win or loss matters. You ever yeah. notice that, like, nothing is ever forgotten. You could have beat me in year one. And they're going to reference that the next time we wrestle. Like they're all everything. All it it makes me have to pay attention to the weekly show more and not just the pay per views because everything matters. And I, I do mm. respect that. Like people were like, "Well, what was the point of the whole bringing Shane Taylor in if he was just going to lose?" The whole point of this was to build Lee and Strickland. This had nothing to do with the other guy. Yeah. You and the just, other thing, too, is you think of ROH in the final, like, four years of its existence. I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm not too dialed in into Shane Taylor promotions. But what mm-hmm. I know is the Shane Taylor or a Shane Taylor promotion was on a pay-per-view, you know, or along mm-hmm. a storyline. So while yep. I not, might not have followed it as much, I know the name, and I know the wrestler, and I know the stable. So, I mean, it, it's, again, it's something of a, a familiarity, you know, to try to get mm-hmm. those ROH down in Texas for a random Saturday afternoon uh, <laughs> DPE. Well, so. And you paid off something in a way that you never paid off before. Yeah. yeah. Because companies didn't work together. You now got to give a little bit of closure to Shane Taylor and Keith Lee, all while using Shane Taylor to see, you know, hey, how has he been? He hasn't worked in a few months. Let's take a look at him. And two, let's continue to build Lee and Strickland. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at this show as a whole, and if you if you want to tell me that this is what the ROH's roster is going to look kind of like, I am all in. Yeah. Like, sign me and up. You can get your random appearances. You know, you yeah. can get your dances every once in a while. You know, you can get your, you know, possible Jericho again, or even a Sammy Guevara. You know, you mm-hmm. can various rotate. I mean, that's where the big roster kind of comes in. You don't have to rehire everyone who was in Ring of Honor last right away because you have a bloated roster where you can kind of trickle in, you know, in into your Ring of Honor. And then, like, yeah, I do want to see Miro, you know, in Ring of Honor. And, you know, I'll, I'll pay nine ninety nine to see him a lot more. So that's a way to kind of see, you know, see the wrestlers that you've been wanting to see you know, that are somewhat, you know, off of it, and now you have a chance to, are you willing to pay? Now that's going to be the mm-hmm. question. Well, that's the other thing, too, is, like, nobody bitched when the, when the NWA was ran this way. Why are we bitching now? It's because we're, we, we've had one company. Inflation, Ryan, inflation. <laughs> it, it, I honestly think, and, and it's, it sucks to say, but we've had one company tell us that for the last 20 years that, you need to do 18 video packages to make sure people understand angles or we're not allowed to talk about the other people. We, we are our own world. And that's just the way American fans have been trained for 15 yeah. years. You know, and it's, it's, 
And, you know, kudos to them because it worked. They make more money than they ever made in their lives. So who the hell am I to tell them to not do it? I could tell them I'm not going to watch it. They're going to go, thank you for your service. And they're going to tell me to fuck off. You yeah. know, they don't care. They don't care what I say. So, you know, that's what I'm saying. I'll, I'll never tell them not to do what they do. Um, I just would like some more. But I, I think that's what I'm enjoying with this little bit of a an overlap is, you know, this gives us that more – we have multiple promotions where we can see multiple things and have different people tour in different areas, especially if New Japan Strong is going to be tied into this. <laughs> you know, uh, let me let me let me get Tom Lawler on AEW. You know, let you me see get if he's fighting. No. Match number three on his comeback tour. You know, Shibata. Oh, Horny. <laughs> I loved when he came out as Siori's partner at the start of the show. It's so funny. Yeah. She's like, what is wrong with you? And he, he's just being Tom Waller. It's so tight. <laughs> um, and then, Alex, you know, we mentioned Joe Juice already, so I don't really need to get into that. That was the semi-main, the, kind of the cross-over of that, though. Like it was per- again. You perfect, talk about simple. video packages. They had a good video package on explaining who Juice Robinson was. Yeah, he was and able to be rock history, hard. Too. He was like, "Hey, I remember watching Samoa Joe as a teenager and thinking, you know, one day, you know, I looked up to, you know, it was a really good mm-hmm. package." It was like, oh yeah, because I was like, "Is he in Bullet Club still? Like, what's happening?" And he was repping his Bullet Club shit. So I'm like, "Okay, well, let's go." And I thought this was gonna be. Like either a three minute match or you know a short. We, we got like a damn near twenty minute match here, and I thought it was a really good bout. Juice Robinson definitely you know looked looked motivated, you know, kind of again there in, in a big time matchup, and you know, kind of hitting cannonballs, you know, on the inside and outside of the ring there. But you know, finally, you know, Joe kind of wrangles him up in a muscle buster out the turnbuckle there, you know, to kind of get the win there. But I, I thought this was a really good bout. Joe looked yes. good. Um, you know, so just a really out. Yeah. Which is good because he's so talented. Yeah, this is good. You're right. And he was able to be rock hard again since he can't be rock hard on TNT. Just like, <laughs> just like, uh, just like you only see the stroke daddy Jersey on pay-per-views and not on yeah. TBS. <laughs> um, but the match before that, Alex, five-star, Sunday no, match of the year. championship match. We'll talk championship. I, I will do that. Uh, Claudio Castagnoli, 17-05, defeats Chris Jericho. New champion. Title, New champion. In which, um, I want to say 15, 16 years ago, I wanted two finishes in my life to happen. I wanted Claudio to beat somebody with the giant swing, and I wanted Brian Danielson to defeat somebody with the 100-rotation airplane spin. Um <laughs> In one of the best uh, best of seven matches he had with Homicide, it, it happened with Brian Danielson. Wow. On this day, December thirteenth, I finally got somebody to tap to the airplane or to the, the giant swing. I <laughs> loved it. I loved it. I loved it. Because think about this. In in, in a real life setting, you've been getting yep. your ass kicked on and off for fifteen minutes by somebody who is furiously pummeling you. Way and now they suddenly picked you up, and they're just continuously going to swing you in a circle 
over and over, you're getting dizzy. You're going to faint. You don't know where you are. You're, you're already <laughs> gassed and hot and tired. And this is just cutting the circulation and wind out of your, out of your head. I, I, I'm, tap, I'm done. I don't want this anymore in my life. I'm done. 33 I loved it. rotation. 33. I loved it. I loved every waking moment that the Jericho freaking tapped out from this. Yeah. This it's was rough. Yeah, it was a fun match. Um, I <laughs> Claudio's great. Like you know, talk about rejuvenation. You know, it's been you know hit or miss with with the Blackpool uh, Combat Club or whatever they're going to be called now. Will they disband? Will they stay as a unit? Spoiler alert! I think um, pretty cool promo tonight. I'll just say, but um, no, Claudio looked looked fun. Uh, Jericho, you know the Ocho. Pretty good reign, you know. He he's he told a story, and that's what Jericho is so good at. You know, you can shit on him for his mimosa matches and what have you, but but he always he's a chameleon. He can change whenever he wants, and and it works. The Jericho Appreciation Society should not have worked on paper, but they made it work. They poked fun <laughs> at this professional wrestling and pop culture when they came out as the boy band gimmicks. It. Freaking rocks! Like I'm, I'm marking out at home. Uh, you know, we we can shit on you know him for some personal stuff or what have you, but uh, you know he's that's why he's considered one of the goats. You know, you can accuse him of holding people down, but hey, he gave Claudio back the title. Uh, Jericho got this storyline done. Uh, it kind of continues, you know, kind of tonight as well. So it'll be interesting. Um, to see where where this goes, and and I'm hoping uh, Sammy plays a role in that. But a uh, really good match, really strong match. You know, wasn't you know overdrawn. I don't think. And yeah, like you said, 33 swings, Ryan. How many do you think <laughs> you would take until you tap? Man, like six. Really? Have you ever been? I have not. Before? Maybe I'd be more terrified. I'm like, nope. <laughs> really? I'm good. I'm good enough. Would you rather be swung, put through a, 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 a table that's on fire, or climb a ladder and do a diving leg drop through a table? Where do I got to stand on the ladder? <laughs> exactly. Which one would you rather do? Well, I don't know, like, like when I watch, like, Becky Lynch climb the ladder, she's, like, three rungs away from the top and then jumps. So it's like you'll just be stacking rock band shit. So, 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 like, if I don't have to stand on the top of the ladder, I'd probably do the ladder. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I could probably go up that, like, five or six rungs with my adrenaline and then just jump. But oh, I... I'm not. There's no way I would. I would physically make it to the top. When I would grab the top of the the ladder and try to stand yeah. on that little piece, I would fall forward and kill my. I'd die. Like somebody would have to suddenly catch me. You'd need like the entire Oedo Thai faction to catch me, like they catch uh, Momo when she does a dive. Momo, that's, that's not happening. Yeah, I'd be done though. Donezo. That'd be my answer. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm enjoying, I love Jericho's reign. I thought that 
I thought that that everything he did was fantastic. I thought he made that title prestigious even more than it was. I thought he put a lot of eyes to it. And once again, this pay-per-view, the highest grossing Ring of Honor pay-per-view ticket-wise in history? No. No. Really? Yeah, do- yeah. The last all the all three Tony Khan ROH pay-per-views have been the most profitable in their company's history. Is it because of inflation of tickets? I don't know. Final battle or the 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 last when I went to ROH in February of 2020 before COVID started or 2019 and. Like the main event, I can't remember even what the main event was. It was like Jay Jay Briscoe wrestled Rhett Titus, Zack Saber Jr. wrestled Claudio, or I mean uh, Colcabana. Um, there was a tag match with like. Wait, was this the Miami show? Yep. Yeah, there was. I don't even know how many fans were in attendance at that show. Like three, um, four thousand. I wonder if I can find it. Hold on, I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna try to cage match the shit. Well, I still, well, like I told you before, like before I'll here we go. Coral, yep. Coral Gables, Florida. Was that one I went to? Remember, I told you about it. Cocabana is like, hey, an ROH show in town. It was at the Watsco Center. Yeah, Jeff Kelly Klein. Lost the title to Mayu Iwatani. Yeah, Lethal Gresham and Roosh against the Kingdom. PCO versus Mark Briscoe. Uh, Coast to Coast, LSG and Shaheem Ali and the Bouncers. Brian Malonis and the Beer City Bruiser wrestled Lifeblood, Bandito, Juice Robinson, Mars Haskins, and Tracy Williams with Tennille Dashwood. That was the match. Silas Young, Kenny King, Marty Skrull, and Willie Mack in a four-way. Rayo and Benny Pacifico against Brian Johnson and Dante Caballero. Hmm. Um, so that was Bound by Honor 2019 is, was that show. Where is Dante Caballero right now? Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. Uh, under, Bound by Honor Night 2, Pro Fight HB. Oh, this has got its own Wikipedia page, too. Well, I mean, like I told you when I saw in 2018, before All In, um, LIJ, you know, five-on-five tag, LIJ versus Chaos, and there was maybe, like, I don't know, 1,200 people there in Chicago. <laughs> Super I want to say that it really doesn't, it really doesn't tell on here. The card didn't look much better the night before, so I'm glad I... Glad I went to that one. Madison <laughs> Rain defeated Madison Rain defeated Thunder Rosa. <laughs> My wow. even defeated Holly Dunn. Um, I can't seem to get. I know it was on ROH pay per view on their on their streaming service. Whoa! Because I remember somebody sent me a video of me losing my shit in my. I was wearing my warm up suit from New Japan, and um, somebody took a picture of me. Or filmed me screaming when uh, Mayu won the title. <laughs> From Kelly. So, um, the guesstimated, and I say guesstimated attendance, was 500 people. No way. 
it was the lowest attendance show uh, in 2020, 20, the first half of 2020 or 2019. The night before, drew 700. Do you think that was the second highest amount of people Mayuri Watani wrestled in front of when she won the title? No. no. The stardom has done the, since COVID. Stardom's done more more fans in Cork and the New Japan. What about at Sumo Hall? <laughs> I I think they did that that one shot Budokan. I think had like six or seven thousand. Wow, yeah, they, really? They, they draw well. They they yeah they they don't draw a lot of these other promotions at Cork. Like hey, one of the talent. one of those last um, Grand Prix shows I watched did it eighteen hundred at Cork. <laughs> Which all Japan, Japan would love to do. All Japan would love to do three hundred at Corkin. Poor <laughs> um, Kento. Is he yeah. wasting his his you know? Y- yes. Like prime, honestly. Where does he go? Like, if Kento Miyahara were why to is this leave... cyber fight throwing money at him? I wish I knew. Oh, that's a, you know, I'm glad we brought this up. So let, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I got something else that I didn't, I didn't tell you that uh, I, I, I uh, can now break that didn't okay. that got broke on a couple sites before. Um, it's not really that huge. So nobody really cared about it, but I think it's big yeah. news. Um, but let's close off final battle. Everybody's okay. match of the year list had to have changed at some capacity between one and 10, not saying where, oh. When that tag match ended, when you had, when you had the Brist, the bloody Mark Briscoe holding a bloody Dax uh, or Cash Wheeler, while a bloody Jay Briscoe has a bloody Ka- uh, Dax Harwood S- in Dax. what was it like an STF, and then he wrapped yep. the chain around his face to pull on the chain for more leverage, all while T- TNA dropkick ref Mike Posey's bleeding too because the ref gigged. <laughs> Play on the infamous NXT match where you know the revival. You know they they you know he stops him from from tapping. A, a tale as old as time, and they said, "Nope, not this time. New company. We're taking our titles back." Beautiful finish, fantastic match of chaos right away, right off the bat. <laughs> but one thing that really set the tone. For for this brutality, Ryan, was the camera work. The split yeah. screen that they would have had to show the four men in separate parts of the ring, whether it was inside or outside of it, um, captured just what was happening and to kind of be in that crowd. So kudos to the production crew. The camera work was over, was was great, but I love that split screen effect. Yeah, this match just was, it was incredible. And it, it, it's exactly like, I mean, God, these guys, this is this is why we, we knew it was going to be great. Apparently, right. when uh, this match was announced on Wednesday, they sold seven and 900 more tickets for final, final Battle. So, like, once again, the show did tremendous numbers on all accounts. I mean, it was, it was everything FDR utilizing those chains on the Briscoe that I thought was great. Like they utilize the teamwork aesthetic mm-hmm. by utilizing these weapons, and you would think it would be the other way around. 
where the Briscoes have more of a history in, you know, a hardcore match setting. Um, but, man, they just – I mean, this was just a joy to watch. Um, doomsday devices by both teams. One was successful, <laughs> one was not. Um, when when Cash Wheeler stops the doomsday device by yanking and throwing, I, I believe it was Mark Briscoe, um, onto a pile of tables on well, the outside. Yeah, he misses the table and hits all those. He just hits the floor, didn't he? The chairs. Yeah. Oh, oh chip pile God. of chairs. I apologize. It was a pile of chairs. Um, table was right there, but yeah, pile of chairs just right there. And it was just brutal. He just yanks him down. And I'm like, they do not give a shit. Jay Driller then was like right after that. Dax is giving the pile drivers to, you know, Jay on the chairs. But, I mean, that that big, like you said, that finish, the chain face, cross face, as I like to dub it, um, was just a beautiful way to end. And, you know, like I said, you know, that was you then. This is us now. We're taking back our titles. And the Briscoes, here we are. Are they the world record holders of tag team championships, Ryan, in one company? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they got 13. I guess Kofi Kingston is officially a 15-time, if you want to count him. Okay. Um, when they, by beating Pretty Deadly or whatever. Yeah, that, how was that? Is, is, I mean, are you happy that you're there to elevate, kind of take a vacation, or, or what? <sighs> Who knows? It was... Booker T just yelled, pretty, they, they, New Day shouldn't even be here. They've already got accolades. This is this is pretty deadly as team. They're the up-and-coming. Ah, you know, the I mean, I saw the promo the night afterwards, and there's people singing the Pledge of Allegiance in the ring, and I was like, what is this? <laughs> what happened to the New Day? Get well soon, Biggie Langston. Company sucks. Um, I don't, yeah, I, whatever. Um, yeah, is it in your top five this uh, ROH World Tag Team Championship bout? I I gotta reevaluate, man. I really do because now I'm like, what am I taking out? What am I adding? The trilogy, right? Yeah. Oh God. I mean, this this might be feud of the year. And, and it what's still even goes crazier back to... is FTR marked it on their trunks literally a year from the first match that they had. Beautiful, I love to. When they came into the ring wearing all white, I was like, everyone is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it all goes back to the original FTR debut that I'll never mm-hmm. forget. They always show it in the videos where, where Cash Wheeler is throwing these straight arm club punches in the skirmish the first time they met. So ridiculous. I love it. Ah, uh, for those of you listening, uh, we're gonna we're wrapping up here in just a few minutes. So come uh, once it's uh, once it's uh, uh, once we're finished, you can download it. Listen to the end of it. Yeah, download and uh, and subscribe and review and follow po- Apple, Spotify, wherever you podcast. BlogTalkRadio dot com forward slash Strong Style Media. So this is that last part, and I'm gonna wait until we go off the air so that way they have to download to listen to it. So this is your little cliffhanger, y'all. By the way, Dragon Gate, um, we, we ran out of time to get to talk about, too. Uh, Yuki Oshioka is going to get Ben K at Final Gate. 
and Shingo made his return. Shingo and BB Hulk against Yamato and Madoka Kakuda at Final Gate. That's a great, uh, that's a great Christmas gift uh, when that match will take oh, place. Yeah, that's gonna rock. Gold Rose Yuki Oshoka's like son of a bitch. Ben K, baby, Chi Chi. Yep. We'll see y'all later. Now, if you downloaded, you get to hear where we're going next here. We have obtained from multiple sources, Alex, on the All Japan Pro Wrestling departures of Jake Lee, Tajiri, yep. and Izanagi. In addition to the recent and upcoming appearances, let me just stomach this. In addition to the recent and upcoming appearances in All Japan of Nosawa Rungai, Kendo Kashin, and also Manabu <laughs> Soya. Why is Rungai and Kendo? fucking cash and going to all Japan. So mm. wrong guy cash and soil will work. The upcoming all Japan shows as part of a working agreement with pro wrestling. Noah Tajiri already having fallen out of favor with the rest of the office as the booker doing a series of failed attempts of pushing new top stars. Jake Lee among them had been pushing since Paul of X replaced Vince McMahon to attempt to work with the WWE. Whoa. So Tajiri has been trying to get All Japan to work with the E since trips took over. The rest of the office, in particular Takeo Amore, who according to our sources has picked up more influence, prefer to stick with the New Japan Pro Wrestling Agreement and also work with Superfight, even though Amore is said to be disappointed in some aspects of the New Japan relationship. You know, as we saw, Eugene okay. God is there now. Tiger Mask was yeah. a junior champ for a while including New Japan rejecting a request to add Jake Lee to this past fall's G1 Climax. Yeah. <laughs> With his failure to get new stars over and business struggling, Tajiri was removed from the booking position and told his contract would not be renewed. As far as the rest of the office and where the dominoes will fall, Suama will now head up All Japan Pro Wrestling's women's wrestling project. Shuji Ishikawa, who at one point was the booker, had already taken a step back and doesn't appear to be in a major, major position of power. We were told that Takeo Mori and Kyohei Wada, the ref, seem to have assumed larger roles of Tajiri out of the picture. The presence of Rungai and Kashin, power brokers of NOAA, lead to obvious speculation which short-term booking decisions should help make clear uh, of shortly. Tajiri, who according to his social media is either leave, living in or spending a great deal of time in Malaysia, attempted to lure several wrestlers away from the company with him, including Okudo Omori and Yusuke Kadama, with the idea of working together as a group to get bookings in similar vein as Stronghearts or Infants Terrible. So he was trying to put together his own Stronghearts. Yeah. Those two turned him down for sure, and it's possible that Jiri approaches others with a speculation worth keeping an eye on. Uh, with his top supporter in Tajiri exiting, Jake Lee decided against renewing his deal. Lee has become increasingly disenfranchised and was openly disappointed when he was not included in the G1 field, even with the company pushing for it hard. His squash loss to Naomi Nomura in September, the one I Snapchatted you, and a Mori call as well, designed to lure Nomura back into the company full-time, which everyone involved wants to happen badly occurred yeah. before he made the decision to leave and was a contri- uh, contributing factor. Lee is lobbying with Yuji Nagata for a new Japan spot, which we're told is a real possibility. <laughs> so Lee could end up in new Japan. Undercard veteran Izanagi announced him and said, no, bro, we're good. 
Yeah. The were not too fun. Uh, undercard veteran Izanagi. Where would Russell's... Jake Lee fit? Take New Japan. Does he fit anywhere else? He doesn't fit Noah. Doesn't no, he would Dragon get slapped King. once. He would get slapped one time by Nakajima. And he I quit. Mean, did you put him in DDT? I mean, I could see him kind of like what Mao was in the in Mao's early career. He he's a lot of uh, Naomi Yoshimura or or um, the other guy who just went to the finals that I don't like. Um, the yeah, the one who's got the big dopey face and the blonde hair. Um, he lost oh. to Yuki Ueno in the finals. So uh, DDT. What is his name? I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Whatever. Does um, he fit in? Does he fit in Dragon Gate as BB no. Hulk's understudy? No, he's not fast enough. I don't think. I need to eat him alive. I don't know. New Japan might be a good spot because he could just be a mid-card guy there. But uh, lastly, undercard veteran Izanagi, who wrestles elsewhere as that Sushi Maruyama, Eagle's Mask, Eagle's Mask, and Tiger's Mask, his most famous persona, which he currently uses these days when outside of all Japan, has has nuclear heat with Rungai and quit the promotion on the spot when Rungai was brought in. The heat stems from Mariyama's claim that Rongai owes him money from Tokyo Gurentai bookings several years ago. Mariyama has been bad-mouthing Rongai for years, and the two men can't stand each other. Mariyama instantly, instantly found a landing spot with Osaka Pro, where he was a regular and top star for nearly 15 years. He has already been doing sporadic Osaka Pro shots while with Al Japan since Zeus took over the promotion, and Zeus has already formally reintroduced him to the company. So remember, Izanagi was part of Purple Haze with Zeus, so easy landing spot for him. But all Japan, Alex, is really in a weird, weird spot right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, kind of where 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 he kind of lands and, and where he kind of fits. Do you think he does a stateside tour? Is he worthy? Jake Lee? No. Yeah. I don't know. Like I want, and then with the guy, I want to succeed. With their heat with each other, I mean, how does that look to the locker room in all Japan? If you're, it drives me nuts. Like if again, if you're, you know, Kento, what do you do? Like, do you just try to get out of your contract? Like, I mean, you say this, I, this is a failing ship, like. I can only I see Tuam as champion so many times. Like, I wish I knew what the whole aesthetics is with Miyahara. I really do. I mean, Tanahashi really. really liked him. I mean, I think he's a perfect fit for, for New Japan. I think that would bring in way more than Jake Lee, obviously. I think oh, that would yeah. be a shot in the arm. Huge shot in the arm for them. Well, and, and, I mean, the fans would see how good he is that haven't seen him and go, holy shit, who is this guy, <laughs> you know? Like, you build, not right away, but you build, like, a year after he's been with that company, Kento Miyahara versus Kazuchika Okada at the Dome? 
Yeah, I mean, I mean if that's uh, the best of all time. Whew. That's sexy, man. Like, yeah, so that's something to really, really look forward to. Um, other thing I had real quick, uh, this year the uh, Wrestling Observer added tag teams to the Hall of Fame, which is the first year they've ever done that. Really? Very cool. Uh, um, so the we had two, four, six, eight people made the Hall of Fame this year. Johnny Doyle and Lou Darrow, I don't know who they are. Mark Rocco. Uh, the tag team Los Volados made it. Oh. Um, you, you need 60% uh, voting. Nobody in modern or historical U.S. or Canada made it. Sergeant Slaughter got the 57%, which was the closest he's been. Jack and Jerry Briscoe got 53%. Argentina Rocca and Miguel Perez got 57 Oh, wow. Um, Steiner's got 52 Orndorff got to 50 Jim Johnson got to 42 And CM Punk and Ted Turner got to 41 what? <laughs> <laughs> um, And then the other three that made it um, That I didn't mention Or four, excuse me, the other four uh, Getting 65% of the vote Tetsuya Naito made it in uh, getting also 65% of the vote, Kota Ibushi. Wow. Uh, getting 79% of the vote was Mystico, Karistico, the original Sin Cara, whatever you want to call him. Why did that, Why did he get higher than Ibushi and Sergeant Slaughter? Well, because you got to figure there's, you know, X amount of, of people that vote. Uh-huh. And you only get to pick, I think it's 10 people a year. And some people don't vote, like, some people don't vote in Japan because they don't know enough that they feel they're qualified to vote for it. But they vote Mystico that high? Ah, uh, the Hispanic, uh, like the Lucha fans do, did, yeah. I mean, he is, his career in Mexico is incredible. Really? Yeah, he the was... The trampoline system in the States is what you're saying? <laughs> he never had a fucking trampoline for one. But, like, you know, Colt Cabana is uh, is one of the like voters, and he does a lot of like he'll vote Europe and shit like that because mm-hmm. that's what he's like uh, uh, knows the most. Uh, but the other Do you one, think he voted for Phil Brooks. <laughs> Probably not. But the other one, the last one that made it, seventy six percent first year eligible, which was a gimme. Uh, Kiritawa, Toshiaki Kawada, Holy Demon Army. My second greatest yeah. team of my lifetime um, easily made it uh, with no problem. So just kind of cool that that we they added tag teams this year. Yeah, Kawada made it like his first year eligibility, but Akira Tali was never going to make it in. His singles run just wasn't great enough. But when they mm-hmm. added the the idea of adding tag teams, um, I knew there was that no way Holy Demon Army. Yeah, they were going to make it for sure. Yeah. Holy Demon Army. That's great. <laughs> um. Otherwise, the only other thing that I have on our docket that we didn't talk about, and if you don't want to talk about it, I'm not going to argue. Did you want to talk mm-hmm. about NXT dead line with a one for the eye? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, great. We don't. Have, that's fantastic. I'm sorry that you sat through, but I saw like way. I was like, oh, should I tell him? Oh, he's already on a follow cruise. Is Braun <laughs> Breaker the greatest NXT champion of all time? No. He tried hard. How was the Apollo no. Cruz? Was he back to Uha style? 
Yeah, it was it was an okay match. It was like a three star match. It wasn't bad. The um the men's five way was actually pretty good. I will say that was actually pretty good. Who won it? Joe Gacy? Uh Grayson Von Waller. Who the hell is that? Von Wagner? No, Grayson Waller used to be uh Maddie Wahlberg in Australia. No idea. That guy's Australian? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> Grayson Waller. <laughs> so were you surprised at the Mandy Rose title loss? Did you know that she was going to get fired? I had no idea she was going to get fired. I had a feeling they were going to she was going to lose the title pretty soon because the big yeah. big talk was that Toxic Attraction were coming up because all these people that he brought back to that just brought back to SmackDown it sucked. Like Shotzi Blackheart, I don't remember her being this terrible. <laughs> what do you think of Rousey saying that she failed Shotzi in that match? I appreciate her taking, taking some blame, I guess. Yeah, good. She should. She's the champ. Yeah. You know, I respect that. But like that division's not good on that show. So like, no. you see the God, I, I felt terrible when Tegan, Mo- Tegan Knox made her return. Mm-hmm. Like. You, she got hurt. You, you could hear like a pin drop, like yeah, <laughs> like what? Like and then, AEW. oh man, and then damn, and then uh, and then somebody was like, there was like, dang, you made your return and you botched your finisher, trips. That's a no for me, dog, because she botched the shining wizard. Oh, shiniest of them all. I didn't realize it was her until they said her name, and I still was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, somebody's like, that's that's a no for me, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Well, what do we do we have anything this weekend wrestling wise coming up? Um GDT no, New Japan no. Stardom no. Well, Stardom's big show is the twenty ninth. Well we definitely will talk. Winter is coming. Yeah, we'll um, talk we'll, next week when it's coming. We'll uh, we'll preview Final Gate, Dragon Gate, Final Gate. Yeah. Uh, Dragon Gate has, has a um, Corkin show coming up on the 16th. So Shingo Takagi, like you said, he came out to his old entrance. Back in Dragon Gate, representing LIJ, though. Um, teaming with BB Hulk. Um, kind of, you know, the the OGs, if you will, Dragon Gate, uh, pre-torturing monkeys, I'm, I'm assuming. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, did were they able to clap? Like, could the audience, like, could you sense that they were excited, or was it just like, oh? No, oh, there was the whole. Whoa. So people were like, oh, shit. Did he come they, out um... with a mask? No. Just his Zubas and his uh, L.I.J. gimmicks. He came out and he was like, surprise, I am Jose Grico. <laughs> so what's the storyline? Why is he back? Why is he teaming with, I know why he's teaming with B.B. Hulk, but. Because he mean, doesn't have anything to do on Christmas. <laughs> that's all he said. Wait, what did he say? He goes, I don't have anything to do on Christmas. All right. <laughs> neither do you. Um, Gator Origin on the 18th. 
KZ Did you say Gate Origin? Gate, Gate of Origin 2022. Oh. So not <laughs> uh, Gate Origin is what you're saying. From the uh, Sendai Super Plaza. Uh, is KZ that our Big Wash- shirt? Gate Origin? Did you just say Gate? I mean, that should be a shirt. <laughs> uh, KZ Big Wash Shimizu defending the Twin Gate against Yamato and Takashi Yoshida. Also, an international dream tag team match. Dragon Kid and Ninja Mat from Pro Wrestling Noah taking on Shun Skywalker and Diamante. It should be the outlines of the Dragon Gate Championship belt, and then We're the outline of the color of each belt, and then they're all on the front of the T-shirt, and it's Gate Orgy. That's the God shirt. Bless America. Gate That's Orgy. The shirt. That's the move. That's the move. You, you sound like like a uh, white man can't jump. <laughs> Billy Hoyle's like, "That's the move." I told you to go. Don't let him do the move. <laughs> <laughs> Say good night, Ryan. Good night, Ryan. <laughs>